We're back. Yes, we are. Week six. Yes, week six. A lot to talk about. Yeah, we're we're a little late. Um, the hurricane, Hurricane Michael, came through and disrupted a lot of us. Um, kind of caught us off guard. Very much so. So, but you know, nothing's going to hold us back from this analysis that we're about to bring you. Um, we're excited. Got a lot to talk about, and. It should be an exciting week. Yeah, man. Uh, find out what other, some new things we got going on too here at RTP, Ruffin Podcast, that uh, we're going to put in to make sure that this is a better show every week that we do it. So we're looking forward to doing that for you guys. And, uh, you know, we're excited. So let's get this going. Let's do it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Atlanta to face the Falcons. Division matchup. Division matchup, NFC South. So, in order to cover this game, we do got to go back a little bit of time. Uh, Didn't last, that seem like a long time ago? It seems like eons ago. With um, Fitzmagic and all that, it just seems like an afterthought now. Yeah, you know, I heard that his sponsor dropped out. <laughs> we ditched him, man. Um, we can't have sponsors for, um, you know... Is that what happened? Okay, I guess I got the wrong menu. I guess we, uh, uh, the, the wrong memo. I guess we ditched them. But, yes, we have to go back. Bucks versus Bears. Fitzmagic was still riding kind of high, right? He almost made that great comeback against the Steelers. Right. Right? So, at the time, the magic is still high. So, he strolls into Soldier Field to go against the Bears. And then Fitzmagic went into Fitz Tragic. Yeah, I remember... Had a I had a feeling that would happen. Um, Chicago Bears, solid defense. Um, Fitzmagic on the road. I just one of those things where he's he is um, either just excellent or terrible, and usually not anything in between. Um, and it couldn't have worked out any better for Jameis Winston. Who, I mean, I I had a feeling they were going to give him the starting job back, but this just made it a lot easier. Yeah, it, it's it's solidified it again. And uh, like you said, just ju- just made the decision of uh, Dirk Cutter um, and the Tampa Bay staff to go back to their, um, I guess you could say, franchise quarterback. At least they hope he was going to be their franchise quarterback. He wants quarterback. to go eat a W. Yeah, he does. You remember that video? <laughs> All his teammates were looking at him like he had lost his mind. He said, I mean, Y'all got to go check out that video. Jameis Winston, eat a W. Eat a W. You, you'll, it, it's awkward. But in the same <laughs> retrospect, we are blaming a lot on Fitz Tragic, and we are blaming a lot on the NFL offense that did show it, but Buccaneers' defense has been dreadful. Oh, man. They um, are the probably the worst in the league. Yeah, they've allowed 139 points in their first four games of the season, and that's the most by any Tampa Bay team through the first four games of the season in franchise history. So the the... Defense is not helping them um, a lot on the field. Uh, so, actually, I remember uh, when I was watching that game, there was a couple times that some of the defensive leaders, Jason Pierre-Paul and those guys, were like trying to get fired up because they are like, dude, like, what are we doing? We're, mi- like, we're making Mitchell Trubis- Trubisky look like Joe Montana right now. And, yeah, you know, well, it's easy to do that when your players are just all by themselves. I, just... Defensive breakdowns everywhere. I mean, it couldn't have made it any easier for a quarterback who's still I'm not sold on. 
Yeah, and you know, it, it, you know, in my notes when I look back at my notes, that's that's pretty much what I have: D- defensive breakdown, left wide open, yeah. you know, making Trubisky look like he's a stud, uh, you know, like all this, and then you know, Jameis Winston comes in, doesn't do do, do too good himself either, yeah, you know, uh, forces a couple of bad bad throws, but you know, you're down by thirty points at that point, so I guess I understand, but you know, Tampa Bay just did not. Tampa Bay looked like it was a Tampa Bay team we're used to seeing. Yeah, uh, this team doesn't have a lot of good vibes surrounding them right now. It's it's just things can change so quickly in the NFL. Uh they they started out pretty good. Fitzmagic was was rolling um but two losses in a row and all of a sudden you know, they're a question mark and this week going into Atlanta what, what what do you think? I mean, we're talking about Tampa Bay's defense being bad. Well, Atlanta is not much better. I'll tell you, Atlanta has not. Right now, look, I'm looking at the team rankings um, in the NFL. Tampa Bay ranked worst in points per game. Atlanta ranked second worst in points per game. So maybe a shootout. Yeah, maybe a shootout, but uh, this is a – if la- last week was a must-win for – the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this week definitely is a must-win game for Atlanta Falcons. And, 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 and we'll see. I mean, even American Express agrees with us that this is a must, must-win must game for the Atlanta Falcons. Man, they're winning our surprise sponsor. Yeah, they're desperate to get in. They're, you know, so desperate. They're, they're coming through our computer screens and iPad screens. But, you know, um, Atlanta... Uh, held Too many in. devices right now. Yeah, so many. <laughs> Atlanta held in for you know a short period of time. You know, it was thirteen ten at half um, uh, with Pittsburgh walking out the lead. But then after that, the Atlanta defense reared its ugly head, and they 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 just couldn't seem to put any stops together. Uh, Big Ben and the uh, Steelers kind of ran up and down the field on them, and uh, you know I don't know. You know, once again, look, we talked Devontae Freeman, but it looked like nobody ran the ball well at all for. You know, for Atlanta, Edo Smith steals a touchdown again. So fantasy owners there <laughs> cannot be happy well, that Edo Smith is stealing touchdowns. No, they can't. But they can take solace in the fact that, unfortunately, it looks like Devontae Freeman won't be playing this week. Um, he he got a different injury in in addition to the one that he had. So it looks like it's going to be a Coleman and Edo Smith split. But um, you know, I wanted to mention that as much. Crap! As we give Julio, I, I didn't know that he's he was the leading receiving yard, or he has the most receiving yards coming into this game last week. So he, like we said, he always does it between the twenties. And offensively, this team can't compete with anybody. But you know, they're they're a different team on the road. Obviously, uh, Matt Ryan didn't look as comfortable as he had the last three weeks when they're putting up thirty plus points at home. Um, he um. You know, he struggled a little bit more to get things going. Um, and then a key play to me in this game was when Pittsburgh blocked Atlanta's punt. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've mentioned before, I remember you saying a few weeks ago, special teams turnovers, man, they just – they get the whole team pumped yes. for whatever reason. It's like – because it's a, it's a game-changing play that seems so avoidable. Unlikely. Yeah, unlikely, avoidable. It shouldn't happen. Um, we saw one live this week. I know, man. <laughs> the Giants have got us super depressed lately. Um, but anyway, they they scored off of that pump block um, that put them up twenty seven to ten, and 
Pittsburgh at home just kind of put them away after that. Um, but at home, you know, they they should bounce back. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be, like we said, a shootout. Yeah. Um, Julio Jones, I know, I, know, I know we've been talking about his struggles, but he has the most receiving yards per game in NFL history, 96.2. In he's NFL a, history. He's a yardage machine. So, I mean, you know, we're not talking uh, just this year or, you know, in the last 10 years, in history. So he's still putting in work. He's not finding pay dirt, but he's still putting in the work. Now, with that being said, Tampa Bay going to Atlanta. What do you think? Um, oddly enough, I'm, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I don't know oh, why. Interesting. On the road, coming off a bye week, maybe, maybe Jameis Winston um, eats another W. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Tampa Bay, and I I don't feel good about it, but I don't know. I just got a feeling for some reason. I'm gonna go with Atlanta. Um, the main question for me still. With Tampa Bay, who's running the ball? Well, I think Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones. will be this week. The mm-hmm. rookie finally gets, I think, his start. Um, but he has uh, tennis rackets for hands, man. Mm-hmm. That's why he hasn't made it into the game yet. Um, he, I remember a few weeks ago, I'm not sure if it was this game against Chicago, but he... Um, they they had he had a wide open reception and it just bounced right off his hand so yeah but we'll see maybe he'll provide a spark yeah I'm gonna go with Atlanta I think Atlanta's got more to offer and I, 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 oddly enough I want a five I still think they're the better team so I'm gonna go with Atlanta <laughs> we'll see the Pittsburgh Steelers travel and visit the Cincinnati Bengals so we just kind of talked about Pittsburgh a little bit going over the Atlanta matchup, and they bounced back in a big way last week. James Conner led the way early and often. Uh, the first drive, every play they ran had James Conner involved. It was eight plays, 78 yards, all to James Conner, who finished it off with a touchdown. Um, so that was something I think they must have obviously, you know, prepared to do because they, they've been kind of struggling running the ball recently. And, you know, came out and punched Atlanta right in their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 185 total yards for, for James Conner. So not a bad day at, at the job. I think he must have heard Le'Veon was coming back. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was really hoping that he wouldn't and he would leave the Steelers and, and let Conner take the job. It's still possible. Yeah, it's they're still talking about, they trade him. They're talking about trading him still, but... Easier said than done. Yeah, but this game to me reminded me of the Steelers team I'm used to. Good defense. We 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 mentioned the 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 block punt. Six um, sacks on Matt Ryan too. Yeah, six sacks on Matt Ryan. A sack fumble, mm-hmm. um, in the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah. Um. So you know this was the Pittsburgh Steelers team we're used to seeing. Great defense. Uh, Big Ben airing the ball out. Antonio Brown had two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The run game was going. This is the Steeler team that we know. This is the Steeler team that Steeler fans know. So it looked like they got kind of the Steeler swagger back this week against Atlanta. Yeah, the Antonio Brown, people have been talking about how he's not been as impressive as what you're accustomed to, and he kind of silenced his critics. I was not one of them. I'm a big Antonio Brown fan, 
and um, I think the you know play action helped with that. Connor being successful, I know one of his touchdowns came off play action where he blew right by the corner. Um, so when you got that going, it makes everything easier. You know that's obvious, and they um, they did good offensively and defensively against this team. Yeah, they did. Um, I got a question. Who's better, TJ or JJ Watt? Well, uh, TJ Watt, he's been playing pretty good. Did you see that fine he got this week? Yeah. Ridiculous. It was stupid. I mean, he barely touched Matt Ryan's freaking toes. NFL's a joke. <laughs> but the reason why I ask that, because TJ Watt has 13 sacks after 20 career games. More than JJ Watt and Hall of Famer Bruce Smith through 20 games. But the TJ Watt. Raise over $30 million for Houston amidst a Hurricane Harvey. Absolutely not. <laughs> J. J. But we're Watt, talking about the field, J. J. right? J.J. Watt is a great humanitarian, <laughs> isn't he? Yes, he is. He's a, he's a great man. So, yeah, can't take that away from But No, nah, but I get what you're saying. T.J. Watt is becoming somewhat of a force. He doesn't get the credit because big bro. Big bro steals the, the, the limelight. <laughs> I know all we all we know all about that. We both got big brothers. Yeah, so. we got, yeah, we got big brothers. They always like to steal it from us, us youngins. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, but this is a different matchup this week. It's a Cincinnati matchup where they go into Cincinnati, and 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 these games are unpredictable, right? There's Division. been plenty of games. Division. There's been plenty of games where it looked like Cincinnati is going to run away with the game, or. Or Cincinnati have the game in lock and they find a way to blow it and the Steelers win, i.e. the playoff game where they took, like, what, three penalties? Stupid penalties. Oh, yeah. Remember that? So, really, anything can happen, but the Bengals are coming in playing their best football that they've had in a real long time, I feel like. What you think? Yeah, they, they struggled early against Miami last week, but trailing 17, um, they kind of got things going and... Kind of a fluky play to Joe Mexican. I mean, I said Mixon. <laughs> My apologies, Mr. Mixon. <laughs> um, he might have a little Mexican in him. Who knows? I mean, but he had that touchdown reception on what was kind of a fluke. You know, like Dalton's escaping pressure. He flings it up at the last second, and Mixon kind of just happens to be there. Um, that was the spark they needed, though. Um, that was the greatest capability, though, by Dalton, too. Mobility. Mobility. <laughs> 27 unanswered. Um, so Miami kind of blew it. But give credit to to Cincinnati. I mean, they they made plays when it matters the most. Well, think about this, dude. In the, in the waning moments, their defense scored the points, right? That's Two true. pick sixes to... Well, one, I think, was a fumble. What, one was a fumble six? Fumble. Yeah, it kind of... It no, may have no, looked like thought, a pick. No, I thought it was a pick. I'm he not threw sure. the ball. I think it hit the guy's hands. It literally landed into Michael Johnson's hands. I think he ran it in. I, I, I'm pretty sure it went down as a pick. Okay, yeah. Either way. Um, yeah, it did. Tannehill had two picks. It did. It went down as a pick. Yeah. And then and then Hubbard picked six to, to, to end the game. So, really, I mean, at the end of it, the defense did the scoring towards the end of the game. So, the defense picked them up. Um you know, towards the end, and put those points on the board. So, um, also, what I what I did like is that um, that uh, C J Uzama. Yeah. It, is Uzuma. It, is is Uzama? Is he the new tight end, or is he a wide receiver? He's a tight end. Him and Tyler Harrison. Croft. 
Oh, okay. Tyler Croft. A- Alex Erickson's a wide receiver. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he was – I think he's been – you know, Andy Dalton likes to use his tight ends a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now that Tyler Eifert's hurt, he'll be kind of a go-to guy, I guess, or a security blanket for Tyler Eifert. Yeah. And as we mentioned, this team is a, – to me, this team's a different team with Joe Mixon in the mix, right? Joe Mix. Nope. No. In the mix. <laughs> no, uh, Joe Mixon in the mix. No pun intended. Well, yeah, but uh, I, you know, I think he's definitely a, a big, you know, a big reason when this offense, you know, starts to really move. So they they're more comfortable giving him a bigger workload than they are Giovanni Bernard. I mean, Giovanni Bernard's a good player, but when Mixon's out there, he he just handles a lot more. I mean, he had twenty two carries. Mm-hmm. That's something they would never do with Gio. Yes, you know, so. Yeah, he provides more of a balance and um, definitely a big factor. And another factor to consider is Burfecht. Perfect. Second on the team with seven tackles this week. Yes, so, I was just looking at that. Yeah. Um, he he definitely helps this team, you know, wh- whether you think highly of him or not. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, man? Cincinnati at home, Pittsburgh on the road, what how do you see this game unfolding? Yeah, um, definitely different coming this week. Feeling about the Steelers because, like I said, I feel like they got their the Steelers swagger back. Um, but I really like the way the Bengals are playing, and I really like their game right now. Joe Mixon is 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 is, is back in, so I I like that. Like I said, I feel like this team's a different team, especially <coughs> excuse me when they can mix it up. With the run, and then with the and then teams have to be worried about the pass with AJ Green and Tyler Boyd, who have been great complements from each other this year. Um, and the defense has played really well too for Cincinnati. So I'm gonna go with the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Matthew. Um, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Cincinnati has been playing good, and they are at home. But I don't know. I think I'm going Pittsburgh. I just I'm more confident in them for some reason. I don't know why. I just I've never been when it when it division matchups come to mind. I just I always see Cincy finding a way to lose. Man, it's just kind of like we talked about yeah. earlier. Um, but I can certainly be wrong because Cincy has been playing very well. So two for two for disagreements to start. Off. I know, man. That's uh if the if these trends continue. Big One changes. of us are going to be <laughs> way ahead. Yes. We'll see. The Chargers go to visit Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. So, let's talk about the Chargers. Last week, they uh, had a California matchup <laughs> as the Oakland Raiders came into town. And it was funny because it felt like the Raiders had the home game in this matchup. Well, I noticed at least. Yeah, no, it was definitely loud. Yeah. In, um, I think it's StubHub or whatever they call the arena. kind of feel bad for the Chargers because, like, they never have home games, really. Like, that when I noticed a few weeks ago when the Rams and Chargers played each other, half the stadium was empty. Rams, and, yeah, there probably were more Rams yeah. fans. I mean... Anyway, I yeah, wish I never would have left San Diego. And, but, but it's always been like that, even in San Diego. Really? And I guess it's a location, and it's probably cheaper to get a ticket there than it is to get one somewhere else, maybe. And, yeah. you know, that's why these teams travel. But 
But yeah, so the, the the Chargers did play the Raiders at home slash on the road. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what, Phillip Rivers, man, he had himself a day. 22-27, 340 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and, and, you know, this is what I'm saying. And then um, Austin Eckler, who I know we talk about a lot, yeah. he's really doing a hell of a job being that, that, that spell guy uh, when he took his only reception to the crib, and that was an impressive uh, running catch there by Austin. Oh, Eckler. it was. He made a lot of people miss on that play. Um, and we talked about MG3 and Eckler. They um, together may be the best duo in the league. I was going to say that. So, um, yeah, it was a really impressive performance. You know, they just beat down Oakland. Um, and like you said, Rivers, he only threw five incompletions. And he he got a lot of chunk plays on his completions because he, he only threw 22 completions. So um, he was able to kind of carve up that Raiders defense. And, and, you know, you've been talking about the Chargers as a – a team to watch out for. I've been a little questionable, but I mean, I have to start giving them a little bit of respect. You know, I mean, the only te- two teams they've lost to are currently undefeated, like we talked about. Yeah, and 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 you know, they're what's impressed me the maybe the most about the Chargers their defense. You know, and Melvin Ingram with his first um, regular season interception. Yes. This but, this year, and they're doing it though without Joey Bosa, their best defensive player. Yeah, and when he gets back, you you expect even better uh, yes. performances. So and 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 they came up. Um, I think for me the big the big turning point here was Oakland driving, and uh, in the red zone, and Derek Carr throws that interception. Yeah, that to was Melvin huge. Ingram. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah, that was the interception you talked about, but that was mm-hmm. huge uh, for for the Chargers because at that point in the game, Oakland and 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 I think L.A. were. We're still they're either tied or or maybe Oakland was down well, the score. I can't I think, really remember. I think it was um, the game was a little they were a little more ahead than that. But your point is still true. You know, first and goal on the one yard line, and they they create a turnover. And then I noted that immediately, um, Philip Rivers completes a huge pass to Tyrell Williams to get him out of their own end zone. And they, they finish off that drive with a touchdown, pretty much shutting down any hope of a comeback for, for the Raiders. So, you know, they they took care of business in their division. And, you know, they're they're looking good right now. Yeah, we talk a lot about game managers. And I think we mentioned, I, I mentioned this last week, but I think Phil Rivers is excellent at game managing. I really do. And honestly, I'm going to take it here right now. But if... <laughs> Philip Rivers, oh, right now, <laughs> Eli Manning. Yeah, but were you t- you got to forfeit two Super Bowls, man. I Come know, on. I know, but what I'm saying is they both came in at the same time, right? And Philip Rivers still looks like he's got a little bit more leg left in him, to me, right? Yeah. So um, Philip Rivers still still is able to get the ball out. Philip Rivers was a perfect eleven of 11, 11 of eleven when getting rid of the ball under two and a half seconds. Like, that's stuff that Eli needs to learn how to do. He needs to get the ball out quick. Yeah, he's got... You know. But Phillip Rivers is, 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 you know, Super Bowls or no Super Bowls has had an impressive career here in the National Football League. So, still impressed with Phillip. Um, but I, but like I said, I'm, I, I have been saying this, I think the Chargers are, are, are definitely a sleeper team, and I like them a lot. Yeah, they'll, 
no, there, it'll be no surprise if they're in the hunt um, come December. Yeah. But, you know, they, they travel to Cleveland and... Um, yeah, what about the Brownies? Guess what? Their third overtime game of the year. They just love overtime, don't they? They do. They love the uh, dramatic <laughs> endings. And, and, you know, the only reason why we got to see that is because it took <laughs> us about three hours to get out of Bank of America Stadium. <laughs> yeah, we're, we we're, suffered such we're, a defeat. We're coming out of Bank of America Stadium, leaving after a heartbreaking defeat. And, I mean... We're in a we're in a sea full of people. We've barely been barely able to move through the corridor trying to get out the stadium. And the Browns are on TV, and we're watching. And everyone everyone cheers for the Browns. I've noticed. I mean, I, I've I've said it on here on the podcast that I'm pulling for them just as a a fan, you know, in general. And so is everyone else. It seems like, and they were able to close this game out in overtime and kind of a you know kind of a ugly division matchup yeah you know and i i didn't think that uh once um who was it uh joseph misses that field goal to win mm-hmm. um like oh here we go again you they're know, gonna find a way right yeah you know gonna find a way to lose but they you know they actually pulled through um i'll you know i'll tell you the the to me the two rookies having the most major impact on this team obviously one is baker mayfield um, he had another really good day. Um, but the other rookie has got to be Denzel Ward. I, I think Denzel Ward's rookie of the year right now, man. I mean, he, I think alone he leads the league in interceptions. Yeah. Um, he's got three on the year, I believe. The Browns lead the league in takeaways with 15. Their defense And the next closest is 11. Um, uh, which isn't a, a big difference, but the Browns, man, at that defense and Denzel Ward, dude, I'm, 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 well, I'm feeling it. You know, Browns fans historically are just used to getting picks wrong in the draft, and there was a lot of boos coming out when they drafted Denzel Ward because Bradley Chubb was still available, you know, the great pass rusher from NC State, now on the Denver Broncos. And everyone just knew they were going to take him, and when they selected Denzel Ward, there was a lot of, seemed like a lot of frustration, but... Like you said, he may be rookie of the year right now. He's been, um, you know, making a lot of big plays. And 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 that pick, timely as hell. Red yeah. zone interception. Yeah. Uh, the red zone pick, and obviously the game was tight. It was tight the whole game. It went to overtime. So really big um, interception by the by, by the rookie Denzel Ward. So um, a lot of things to factor in here. But Chargers are traveling to Cleveland. It's a long a long trip. Well, maybe not too long. But a little bit longer of a trip than they're used to making. Who do you got? Well, let's see. Chargers on the road, Cleveland at home. I think I'm going to take the Chargers as the more veteran, the veteran team. I think they have a little more firepower offensively. Cleveland. They're in all these games this year, man. It's crazy. They could yeah. easily be four and one or five and zero, oh, but I don't know. I think the Chargers are starting to get something going, man. They're starting to click. Um, I think I'll take them. What about you? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Chargers too. Um, now, if this game flips around and Cleveland wins this game, next week's pick with with, with the Browns is gonna make me really think real hard because maybe the Browns are starting to get something together too. Yeah, so. I mean, don't count them out like no. they're. 
they're obviously their defenses have proven to hold them into a lot of games this year. So um, and they and and we I like Philip Rivers, but he can make mistakes um, at bad times. So he can. But I am going to go with the Chargers on the road against the Browns. The Seattle Seahawks visit the Oakland Raiders. All right, so Seattle. We'll start with the road team in this one, Dan. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, coming off of a very epic game, I think one of the best games of the week. I agree. Um, with the Rams, in which they gave the Rams everything they could handle. And if you, you think it's, uh, a, I would say, disappointing loss for the Seahawks. I, I, they had that game for a little bit of the time, and um, but the Rams are the Rams, right? That's why they're 5-0. and So Yeah, they're... You know, they're they're tough to they're tough to beat. Obviously, as we see, I mean, Seattle did everything right. You know, they were able to run the ball, and I'll say it like I did last week: the Seahawks must hate Rashad Penny, the rookie running back, because he was nowhere on the field, and it didn't matter. I just, I don't know. I know I keep bringing this up. It's just weird that you draft a player first round and he doesn't see any time. But like I said. Chris Carson, 19 carries, 116 yards. Mike Davis, 12 carries, 68 yards. They're both putting over five a carry. Um, You know, Seattle hasn't been known to be a good running team in a while, but maybe they found something here, and it obviously helped Russell Wilson with his play action and making big plays. Yeah, I, I, I put it down in my notes. Seahawks, very dangerous with rushing game. Yeah, and, and 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 when they got that ground going, the Russell Wilson could play Russell Wilson's game, and he can have the you know he could play call his play calls, and it opens up the field for the Tyler Lockett's and you know Nick Vanette and 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 his other receivers, Doug Baldwin, even though he was nowhere to be found. David um, Moore with uh, was it two touchdowns yeah, in this game? David Moore had two touchdowns. Whoever that is, random David Moore. I know I wrote that. I was like, who in the world's David Moore? But um, but yeah, so. Pretty uh, impressive stuff from the Seahawks. Definitely, their, even though in a losing effort, definitely, I feel like, their best game of the year. So, much like I would hope that yeah. it would build for the Giants last week when they lost to Carolina, I feel like maybe that was a character loss and they could build off of this. I think Seattle could take this L and, and, and build off of it because they got to be happy with a lot of things that they did offensively. Yeah, I think so. Um they won the turnover battle by two. They they didn't turn the ball over. Third down, they looked good. They were over fifty percent. Um, like we said, they ran the ball well. Didn't take you know too many penalties. Um, but unfortunately, they couldn't come out with the W. But I think you know the trend is pointing upwards. For this um, Seattle team, yeah, and you 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 bring up sorry, you bring about the rushing game. It says uh, Chris Carson has surpassed 100 yards rushing versus the Rams. Last time Seahawks had three straight games with a hundred yards plus rusher with weeks 14 through 17 in the year 2012. And we know who that was. Be I'm. It had to be. Wait, is I would it? just 2012. It has to be right. It's not yeah, Alexander, right? No, no, okay. he was way gone, okay. yeah, way long ago. Yeah, so that's pretty high company. And speaking of beast mode, that's who they're playing this week. Oh, my God. The Raiders. What a transition. Oh, my God. I just realized this. Yeah. Playing against his ex-team. And 
Am I? Is this game in London? Am I? Am I making that up? I'll look into that real quick while you um talk about Oakland and their game last week. Well, the Raiders played the Chargers, and the Raiders just they they just continue to shoot themselves in the foot. You know, um, Wembley Stadium. Yes, you were right. It is. But the Raiders shoot themselves in the foot. You know, Martavis Bryant has a really good catch for 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 a big game, and then he fumbles the ball. Doesn't really do a good job protecting the ball. Has it out kind of like with one hand there, midfield. So um, irresponsible of him. Yeah, and then Martavis Bryant fumbles. You think he looks like Little Wayne? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, actually. <laughs> That's all version of Little Wayne? Yeah, actually. Yeah, I never thought of that, but yeah. Um, and then, of course, we talked about, you know, the big red zone interception that Carr threw. You know what's funny? And it was ugly. Um, I was reading this uh, article the other day about... How David or Derek Carr said that if if he ever had Marshawn Lynch on his team, and he had first and go with the one yard line, he would hand it to him. Well, what happened in this game? First and go on the one, just a terrible throw from Derek Carr to Melvin Ingram. I mean, he they play action to um, Marshawn Lynch, and Derek Carr doesn't see anything, and he just kind of forces it in the middle of the field, and freaking Melvin Ingram standing right there. Yeah, just a. A really bad play, um, which is what I come to expect of this Oakland Raiders team, man. I just, I don't know. You think Carr was a one-year wonder? He has his flashes, but I don't know. I just don't think he's got good coaching. I don't think he's being, like... What? Gruden's camp? <laughs> QB camp? camp? Yeah, Camp I bet you. I bet you that Derek Carr went through Cam Gruden because he's relatively new. So I bet you that he was part of that camp. Probably right. He probably hates John Gruden. Oh, my God. He's ruined <laughs> my career. You know, he, he's a actually a pre, pretty highly paid quarterback, too, right? He is. Yeah, he I got mean, a he's, contract off of that one year. Yeah, so um, whether or not you think he's a flash in the pan or not, the Oakland paid him like he is going to be their future and – I think with the right scheme, the right direction, I, I think Derek Carr can be a good quarterback. I just I question this team, man. Amari Cooper, Mr. Like, I'm here one week and gone the next. One target, one reception. I'm about to, I don't know. I'm ready to give up on this guy. I mean, he's got talent, but you just don't know when to expect him to show up. And oh. in this game against the Chargers, you have to feel like he should he have been more up. successful. Yeah. How about Mr. Jordy Nelson still showing up though? Jordy, huh? He's. He, I'm know. sorry for anything that I may have said to you, Jordy Nelson. You have proven me wrong. You know, granted, he only had four receptions, forty-three yards, but one of them went for a TD. The only TD. Yeah, that oh, was that, a, that kind of a garbage TD though. Yeah, but it's a TD. <laughs> hey. Fantasy players don't care. And his his career stats don't care either. You know, it's a TD <laughs> in his book. So, uh, but yeah, so Martavis Bryant had the best day. It looks like. You know, um, he had the, the the big yardage for the team as far as receivers go. But like I said, he kind of you know what you know. Oakland should be zero and five. They should be the last winless team in this league. They should not have beat Cleveland. And right now, you're right. Right now, one and four, zero uh, and two in the division. They're they're look. You know, this is a quote unquote home game in Wembley Stadium against Seattle. Not going to be easy. Um, no. What do you think, man? You have anything more to add to this this game? Do you think the people over in London are going to be happy with this product? 
I feel like they always get the, the, the shaft. Worst. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be. You remember last year, wasn't Jacksonville beat Baltimore like 49-3? It's always a Something blowout. disgusting. There's never a good game over. In... It's like one team is stuck on jet lag, I think. I think that's the issue. But with that being said. And all those fans over there don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, they're, they're wearing every single NFL jersey that you can think yeah. of. They're just like, they're pumped. They're like, why? Where's the penalty <laughs> kicks? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like why is it, why when they score is it not only worth one? Why is it worth six? Why is there so many points being scored? Yeah. I don't understand. Um, but with that said, I'm gonna go with Seahawks. That's who you're going with. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Seahawks. I don't uh, probably because you like Pete Carroll so much. I'd hate Pete. Carroll. Who do you like? Who do you hate worse, Pete Carroll or John Gruden? Gotta be Pete Carroll. <laughs> and and <clears throat> that's that, to me that's mainly because of how we did USC or how he chooses going. That too, but mainly because <laughs> how he did USC, I'll, I'll, I won't forgive him for that. Refresh my memory. You know, either going through real a quick. scandal thing, and he bounced on him real quick. Oh, kind of like know, a Calipari would. Yeah, do. he left, so he had no punishment towards himself or not, no whatever. Damn, and he's smart. He's smart man. They stripped all the wins <laughs> from that season, the national title. Uh, Reggie Bush's Heisman. Reggie Bush's Heisman. No, I got you. I just don't. And and uh, there's a great thirty for thirty on that about that. And uh, a lot of the people have never forgotten. A lot of the players will never forgive Pete Carroll for that. So, yeah. So that's that's my history of the P. Carroll hatred. But who do you got outside of that? Yeah, I'm going with Seattle. I'm going with Seattle in this one. Like you said, I think they have um, got confidence from this last game last week. And I just do – I don't think Oakland's a very good disciplined team. So um, we both got Seattle. The Chicago Bears travel to Miami to face the Dolphins. So once again, we got to go back a little bit. Um, back to the Bears Bucks matchup week four, um, where the where we, we kind of talked about it when we talked about the Bucks. The Bears absolutely dominated this game. A lot of blown coverages, a lot of miss miss coverages on the Bucks part, really opened up the field for the Bears. Mm-hmm. Made Mitch Trubisky look like a straight stud out there. Um, he was throwing touchdowns to everybody and anybody. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he threw what? He six. threw six touchdowns. Five of them. Oh, no, uh, uh, four, four of them to four different receivers, and then two to Taylor Gabriel. Um, so he threw one to Trey Burton, one to Allen Robertson, one to Tariq Cohen, and one to Bellamy. And so, then two to um, and then two to Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, and he was one shy of the NFL record seven touchdown yeah. passes. And funny that he had seven total TDs in twelve starts last year. <laughs> so. Um, that kind of showed you the difference between someone like Matt Nagy coming in and someone like old John Fox heading out who has zero creativity. Correct. Um, and we've been preaching that a while, haven't we, about the new newer coaches with, yeah, with newer schemes? Being creative, I mean, just not let me hand this ball off to you and run right up the middle mm-hmm. um, and let's, let's do some motion, let's do some misdirection, let's keep the defense like on their heels. So, yeah, I mean... You put players in a position to to succeed. You get them in space. You get matchups. These these new coaches, man, they're they're gurus. Yeah, let's not forget to talk about the uh, North Carolina A and T product. Tariq Cohen who had a big game. Yeah, uh, combined for uh, 174 yards altogether of total offense. Like I said, he had that receiving touchdown. But he had seven receptions for 121 yards alone. Um, 
So that's great to see from the to, from the local boy, uh, Tariq Cohen here. Um, but yeah, it's almost like they had game planned him for this specific matchup because Howard really wasn't involved as much early. Mm-mm. Which nothing against Howard, I just think that Matt Nagy, being the coach that he is, he. He he thought Cohen would be better for this matchup, and obviously that proved true. Mm-hmm. Um, he just carved up the, the Buccaneers' defense, running in, r- receiving. Um, so he had a good game. Yeah, the Bears are riding high. Their offense is clicking, especially in this game. Their defense has been great. Bears have won three straight games for the first time since 2013. And then um, we mentioned Mac in the stat the week before we were covering, but... Now, Mack is only the fourth player since 1991 to have one sack, one force, and one force fumble um, in four straight games. So, John Gruden, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, he's still looking, isn't he? So, yeah, not really much else to really cover when it comes to the Bears because of their dominant performance. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to, well, the, to, to the Bears. Real quick, I just thought there was a cool play Matt Nagy drew up. We know we, we're giving him props. And just to give you an idea of how far he goes with his creativity. One of the touchdown passes was um, had two quarterbacks on the field behind the line of scrimmage. Both of them had their hands out, ready to receive the the uh, hike. And, um, you know, that's something you don't see very much. It's just the defense looks so confused. Um, the ball ultimately got hiked to Trubisky, which they did that little flip toss to um, to Gabriel. I mean... I know that's one of your favorite plays, the the pass, the the flip toss. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing that <laughs> a lot this year, man. I just don't, I don't like that counting, man. But anyway, um, you know, they just hit you with all kinds of looks. So I look for that to continue every week. You know, whether they're successful or not, you can count on them. You know, making it difficult as they can on the defense. And this week, the defense they face is the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and we talked about the Dolphins. You know, they they have the the game pretty good. You know, up seventeen yep. nothing, um, and then we talked about how the Bengals have, were able to come on and make a big uh, push and score twenty seven unanswered. Granted, four uh, uh, twelve of them by uh, defense there towards the end. Yeah, Tannehill didn't look good at all. Didn't do his team any favors. Um, didn't play too well. Had you know, you mentioned the bad turnovers, man, where he just wasn't feeling the pressure and even if he did feel the pressure he wasn't being secure with the ball um I don't know that they've looked a lot worse the last two weeks I mean he got hit nine times in this game yeah he was Cincinnati defense he was getting hit a lot um so what what do you think man was this just kind of a flash in the pan first three week uh winning streak for this team that can they bounce back I mean, it looks like they're coming down to earth a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Tannehill uh, had a good drive there with uh, Kenyon Drake scoring. But it's about time they got that guy involved. Yeah, but really, after that, the only the only other touchdown they were able to muster was a, a punt return, and then their yeah. offense couldn't do anything else after that. And looking back on this team, even in the first three weeks, it seemed to be these big plays that mm-hmm. they were scoring on. It wasn't so much methodical offense um having a good sustainable drive yeah they were just having some big plays um and their defense has seemed to kind of be a letdown the last two weeks so 
Yeah, how about Frank Gore to Ageless Wonder still out carrying Kenyon Drake? You know, he had 12, 12 carries for 63 yards, while Drake only had 6 carries for 46 yards. So, you know, we've been talking about this. Like, you know, uh, Adam Gase maybe is liking, or the offense coordinator is liking uh, Frank Gore better than, than Kenyon Drake, which is kind of unbelievable because Kenyon Drake was supposed to be the future here of the of the backfield for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I'm, I'm still confused by that split. Um, you know, Frank Gore is kind of on his way out, maybe, and Kenyon Drake kind of showed his talent, you know, with the opportunity, so, Adam Gase, I, I don't know what he's doing, but um, this week, they are at home, does that give you any kind of confidence against the Bears coming off of a bye week? It does a little bit, um, this is an interesting game because I still don't trust Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky whether you're coming off a six touchdown game or not. Um, however, though lately I don't really trust Tannehill either. <laughs> so I think I, yeah, you know I I I don't really know, but I do know one thing: I trust the Bears' defense more than Miami uh, than the Miami Dolphins. And defense. I also trust their running game. Yes. More than the Miami Dolphins yes. um, mixed-matched backfield. Yes. So, with that said, um, and I trust their play calling a lot better. Um, I didn't really notice it until you started bringing it out about Charles Nagy. From Matt Nagy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Matt Nagy, yeah. my apologies, um, about the way he, he he calls the game. And, I, and since you've been saying that, I've been paying attention, and I do realize that. And I have been seeing what you're seeing. Um, so, with that said, I'm going to go with the Bears on the road. That makes two of us. It's a it's a sweep. The Arizona Cardinals visit the Minnesota Vikings. And I guess we will begin with Josh Rosen coming off of his um, first win against San Francisco in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he comes out, very first play of the game, play action, pass to... Um, Christian Kirk mm-hmm. for a 75-yard touchdown. Um, you know, I was wanted to give them credit for being aggressive, you know, coming out and trying to make a statement early. And it was a good play. Um, you know, when I looked at the replay, <clears throat> not sure what the safety for San Francisco was doing. He kind of just like – let He kind of – I don't know why he let him get behind him. He was in good position. I don't know what he was seeing. He mm-hmm. he kind of got aggressive and came too close to receiver. So I, I give credit to the play call, but not so much for the defensive execution. It was kind of – I don't think it ever should have happened. Um, you know, I understand that the Cardinals won this game, but I'm still not sold on them. I, they didn't look good to me. They were just – they benefited off of a lot of mistakes, mistakes from the 49ers. Yeah, like like here's a a stat that was mind-boggling me. Cardinals week 5, 220 total yards, 49 offensive plays, 10 first downs. 49ers 447 yeah. total yards, 92 offensive plays, 33 first downs. But you know what? Five turnovers for five the 49ers. Turnovers. That's it. I know, that's the game, but but you're right. The the Cardinals did not play very well in this game. It's just that San Francisco 
gave them short fields, mm-hmm. turnovers for points. And, you know, Josh Rosen, you take away that 70-yard touchdown, he's only thrown for 100 yards that game. So it's not like, you know, that's mind-boggling or whatever. Granted, you know, it's, you know, it's a great throw to open up the game, good way to catch the, the defense sleeping for a big bomb. I'm, I'm just looking at these stats, man. Like 10 for 17 on third down for San Francisco, 2 of 12 for Arizona on um, third down. It's yeah, just, just – when you're Sam, you're part of the San Fran coaching staff. You look at those stats and you're, you're oh, disgusted. Shanahan even talked about it after the game. He was upset at how poorly they handled the ball and how well they executed everything else. He was like, "But in this league, you lose a turnover battle by five. I don't care what you've done. You're not going to win." It's and true. it's true. I mean, it's true. It's unfortunate. Yeah, my notes. You know, we'll get to the Forty Nineers, but my notes is a bunch of Bethards strip fumble, a bunch of Bethards this. So. Yeah, he. You know a lot. You know a lot going on there, but you know David Johnson, another two touchdowns this week. Um, mm-hmm. So you know that's you know always good to see. So um, Cardinals did, I guess you could say, just enough. They didn't even do enough to win, honestly. But <laughs> it's pretty bad when like a team's coming off of a win and you're still don't really have anything good to say about it because. Mm-hmm. It what just wasn't a solid performance. And you know when Steve Wilkes gets up there, he's like, "Oh no, we like the way our team battled." You know, that's pretty much of like, okay. like, "Yeah, we got real lucky." You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know. Oh, and Mike McCoy at it again. You know, I I slam this dude every week, and just little plays here and there. I see, um, you know, at one point of the game, third and one. Like we were talking about John Fox earlier, he just hands it off to David Johnson right up the middle of a freaking huge defensive front. They don't get the first down. And, you know, it's just stuff like that that, despite the win, I'm not too so. This is not going to be an easy game for them going into Minnesota. No. I, I, don't expect, <laughs> I don't expect good things to happen. Well, talk about Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota, what, coming off of the game against the Eagles? Yes, the game that you predicted correctly that they would um, they would take that they would win. So the Eagles played the uh, the Vikings in Minnesota, and um, you know Minnesota uh, got to work quick. Adam Thielen, man, you can't say enough about Adam Thielen and what he's um, put out as far as numbers wise. You know what I mean? He's been uh, 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 amazing. Did um, you see about his um, the first ever NFL receiver to start? The five games with 100 yards plus receiving, no one's ever done that. I know. And this guy, who didn't even get a scholarship to a D1 school, his um, you got to really like his story about how he, you know, didn't take no for an answer. He was not even drafted. He, I'm pretty sure he was just a, like a free agent or um, or undrafted free agent. So. Really impressed with him. He's definitely made a career for himself. Yeah, um, but um, Minnesota, you know, jumped out, had the lead. Um, Philly tried to storm back. They scored 15 in the fourth quarter, um, but Minnesota was able to hold on. Uh, Kirk Cousins, very productive day, 30 for 37, 301 yards and touchdown. Um, however, running the balls has become difficult, um, I think, they, they expect Dalvin Cook to actually play this week, I He's think. He's been practicing. Um, there's some people that think that he needs one more week because hamstrings can be tricky. Um, but this may be a week in which they decide to let him rest one more time, seeing that they're playing Arizona. And if, 
you know, like I'm Mike Zimmer. I'm saying, you know, I think we can probably handle this without them. Let them try to, you know, get the rest one more week. But either way, their running game is probably among the worst in the league. Yeah. And, you know, think about it. They left six points on the board. Dan, Dan Bailey was only three for five, too. Yeah, he missed his first field goal of the game. Mm-hmm. So... Here we are on the on, on the kickers again, but the worst. I mean Minnesota all together. I mean they're 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 a well put together team, um, and I'll give them credit. They 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 handled this game really for the most part, but you know Philly got it within six, and Minnesota had kind of not been as aggressive, and then when push came to shove, they were able to sustain a long drive and get a field goal to go up by nine and kind of limit that comeback. So, and which is tough in Philly with that defense getting definitely, better. and Definitely not easy. They were getting more aggressive and more pressure. Um, they cut it to six and an 11 play drive that Kirk Cousins led for a field goal kind of put the game out of reach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely was a well put together uh, road win in a, in a hostile environment for <clears throat> Minnesota, so Kirk Cousins looks like he's worth the money. Yes, so far this year. How you like that? You like that? You like that? That's what it was. You like that? You like that? It's funny when uh, you know, when Buffalo beat them this year, Tre'Davious White had to pull the you like that that? in the uh, locker room. I was like, come on, man. Hey, that was like the the biggest win. (laughs) That was their Super Bowl. Well, Minnesota is gonna stay at the confines of their home and. In Minnesota and the Arizona Cardinals are coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have to think this. Minnesota. You know, we've said I, this before. I don't need an explanation. We said this when Buffalo came, but mm-hmm. um, I agree. I'm going Minnesota too. Um, hopefully, the the home loss to Buffalo will stay in their memories, and they'll realize that I don't care who's coming in. We got to make sure we're ready, and I think they're going to beat down the Cardinals pretty good we this must week. Protect this house. Protect this house. The Indianapolis the Indianapolis Colts go to Jersey <laughs> to visit the New York Jets. You're so excited about this game, you can't even pronounce it. Game right. of the week, right here. I'm telling <laughs> you. No, but in all seriousness, though, um, the Colts coming off an L from the Patriots. Um, they showed some fight in that game, I would say. I mean, until the yeah. Patriots kind of took over there towards the end. You know what I don't understand? What? If I'm a team like Indianapolis, I would just come out playing like they did in the third and fourth quarter immediately, knowing that, you know what, let's go for it on fourth down. Let's throw the ball nonstop because that's what we're going to have to do. I mean, why wait till it's too late? But then I guess you can say that maybe New England's being a little more conservative, but... Mm-hmm. You ever get that? Do you ever think about that with teams sometimes where it's like, why wait until it's too late? Yeah. You know? To come out. To come out firing, firing. and being aggressive. I mean, let's be honest. You're the less, um, you're the inferior team. Like, let's would, not pretend like you're going to try and play I this game close. I want to come out firing that way. <laughs> I put some pressure on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, like you said, they, they got they were able to have success in that second half, but it was... Such a yeah, it was too little, too late because New England came out and stomped a mud hole in them. I'll tell you what, though, Luck and Eric Ebron have a great chemistry going. Eric Ebron's 
you know, their fantasy best, people, their best buddies out there. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, what? He had 105 yards, two touchdowns, nine receptions. He said, he said, look at this, Matt Stafford. This is how you use you, tight use end. Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, when Andrew Luck um, uh, had Dwayne Allen and those guys and and um, Kobe Fleener, Kobe Fleener, he used his tight yeah. ends a lot too. Um, I think there was one other name that's escaping me, but Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle, more recently, but mm-hmm. I thought there was another one, Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen, there was one more, but regardless, you're correct. Yeah. He he does take advantages of tight ends. He does, and uh, you know we you know we talked about you know Naheem Hines um, going. He didn't really get going on the ground. I mean, he had over 100 total yards offense between receiving and and, and rushing. Yeah, he he's more of their receiving back. He had seven receptions. Um, they used him a lot to move the chains in the passing game. So. He's been one of the go-tos along with Eric Ebron in the absence of T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle right now. This team's banged up, so the fact that they can even put this type of offensive numbers on the board, to me, is impressive. It kind of just tells me that Andrew Luck is still in, you know, near elite quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, he did throw for two picks, um, but, uh, you know, he did throw the ball almost 60 times, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, one of those picks, he was just getting. It was just one of those throwaways. He was getting pressured, and it was a mistake. Tried to do too much. Yeah, tried to do too much. So, and that's the story of their season. Yeah, you know, I feel like they they have a you know talk about team battling. And you know, he he does a not he the team does a great job battling. You know, they're not an easy team to take down. Um, so the but they just. At, at the end, can't put it all together. But Andrew Luck has never had great luck, no pun intended, against the Patriots. Uh, he's 0-6 against them, including playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they did get it to within seven, and then that's when the Patriots had to say, you know, all right, let's 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 get serious again uh, yeah. later in that um, fourth quarter. Um, but this week, they travel to the Jets, who do not offer as much of an offensive threat at least you would believe as the Patriots, although last week they were putting up some big plays. And they had Isaiah Crowell who was running all over. And now he's hurt. And now he's hurt. Yeah, I don't even know they're not even sure he's gonna play this week after rushing for a franchise record. What, what was a hamstring? I'm not sure. I think it was ankle. Was that he ankle? ran so hard that snapped his can't ankle. Can't even off. play this week. He ran everything he had out of him. Yeah. That's probably all they're gonna get from him. But no, uh, in, in, in all, all seriousness, though, that game against the Broncos for the Jets were all about massive big plays, right? Every the it biggest. seemed like every touchdown were 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 huge plays, and um, you know, Darnold, yeah, I mean, like you said, big plays. Darnold didn't even throw for fifty percent completion percentage. He just had these massive plays, and I mean, some of the throws were really nice. Don't get me wrong, but these big plays, it's like. If I'm Denver and I'm I'm that Denver defense, I'm looking at myself saying, man, we're not letting this guy, we're not forcing this guy to move the ball down the field. We're not forcing him into mistakes. You know, I just, we'll get to Denver later, but. Dude, when man. you have 319 yards on the ground, <laughs> you should win a game. Like, even, you know, Blah Powell was one short of 100. You know, he had 99 yards. Blah Powell. So. But um, but the two big touchdowns to Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson has that kind of 
yeah. you know, potential to have big plays. He's a big play kind of guy. And, hey, guess what? We had a Terrell Pryor sighting. He had one one catch for a touchdown, but it was actually an impressive touchdown. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you yeah, I can't see it. I did game. see it, but now I can't visualize it. You know, it's kind of like in the corner, and uh, he did a great job kind of getting his feet in, uh, tip, tiptoeing, and it wasn't an easy. It really wasn't a great ball thrown, but he made a great play on it. Um, so we had a Terrell Pryor sighting for the first time in, in God knows how long, but so the Jets, I would say that's a really big win for the Jets, and I honestly can't believe that once again the Jets have a better record than the Giants. <laughs> yes, I go back to the Giants. Yeah, we're, that's going to be a theme throughout the season. Yeah, we but, apologize. You know, last year it was the Jets were better than the Giants. Well, people were picking the Jets to be like what we were, and we ended up being them. And here are the Jets, two and three, with Sam Darnold, and forever Sam Darnold and Saquon Barkley. You know, is going to be. Right? Yeah, they're going to be compared. Yeah, they're going to be compared together. Even though I still think we made a good pick. I I, I don't think Darnold is that guy that I'm like, wow, I'm I'm missing. I texted you last night while the game was going on. And after Barkley ran that – we're getting off topic here. But I just – I told Dan, I said, man, I don't care what no one says. That was the right pick because that guy – and even Steve Smith in that halftime show and a lot of other analysts were just like in awe about they've never seen a player like him and that they're using all these great running backs as comparisons. He's got a little bit of everything in him. But you still have people that say we should have went for the um, franchise quarterback like Sam Darnold, but that's going to have to play itself out. Yeah, but with that, you know, the Jets coming off a big win, you know, beating you know, beat Denver. I, we both didn't pick this game. We both didn't mm-hmm. see the Jets pulling off that upset. Fireman Ed. J-E-T-S. And <laughs> just pumped again. And Lucy see another day. I'll tell you what, man. Before this win, I, I think Ty Bowles was slowly on his way out. He's buying his time right now with that team because he's kind of been a disappointment for the Jets. You think? His team's disgusting. Okay, but... How long has he been there now? Was it three years? Yeah. It's time to – three years is a lot of time in the NFL, right? Yeah, I mean, but they finally got their franchise <laughs> quarterback, right? Yeah, you know that's true. And yeah, give him like, time I to said, work. like I said, yeah, he, he's borderline right now, but he's finding a way to win games, so he's – He's holding in. He's keeping that seat lukewarm. Yes. <laughs> so we got the Jets staying at home against the um, – the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, yes. Sorry, slipped my mind. Who you got? In this game, I will take the Indianapolis Colts on the road. A long week of preparation. Um, Indianapolis, like we said, they, they seem to have fight in them. Not that it's worked out, you know, for the most part this year, but they've been in a lot of the games. Um, I think they're due for a win. I think luck will be the difference. Maybe he does enough. How about you, sir? I'm going to go with the Colts, too. I think, you know, nothing about, you know, the Jets' offense really still impresses me. They're, if they're without Isaiah Crowell, he'll never have a day like that again. Um, he so, It was such a good day, he hurt himself. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the Colts. I think they're more consistent offense. They've proven they can put points on the board, so I'm going to go with the Colts as well. The Carolina Panthers travel to the Washington Redskins in the nation's capital. It's kind of funny because I remember, or even still to this day, we have a lot of Redskins fans around here in North Carolina because 
that's what this team or that's what this state had before the Panthers franchise um, came here in the nineties. Yeah, nineties. So not too far of a road trip for the Panthers. Um, yeah, let's get ahead, let's go ahead and get right into it, man. We we just got done this past Sunday, as you guys know, watching this game live and. In hell, all my notes here say I don't. I don't even have any notes. It just says we were there in capital letters, <laughs> because there's nothing that I needed to write down. Um, but what do you think, Dan? Well, what do you want to talk about in this game? Not much of anything. No, okay. Um, hey, you know, Panthers capitalized early. Giants make boneheaded mistakes. We talk about special teams playing a big part. Odell Beckham makes a boneheaded play. Panthers recover it, down 14-3. Giants just never seemed to be able to get the stop when they did. The refs made sure that we didn't get the stop. Um, But can't take credit away from the Carolina Panthers. By being there and seeing the team live, they're just a well, I think they're just a well-coached, well-put-together team. They do all the right stuff. Um, They don't really don't usually make a lot of mistakes. Cam Newton did throw two interceptions in this game. Um, but you know, some things, like I said, got to fall on the Giants. We have poor tackling on, on, on a couple of plays, um, on a touchdown. You mentioned in the Thursday, re- um, the recap for the Thursday game about McCaffrey left wide up, you know, wide open. Yeah. That was the play that, um, stuck out to me from the game is just being a complete defensive meltdown. How you let the best player on offense just get wide open. Yeah. But honestly, you know, at the end of that game, debatable, I guess you could say. I, you know, I'm not saying this because I'm being biased, but the way the Giants came back and were back, they probably deserved to win that game more than the Panthers did because the Panthers had the lead, gave it up. Giants put up a hell of a fourth quarter, take the lead late. But the golden foot of Graham, Graham Gano. The golden foot. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you heard this, but you, you got to listen. <laughs> Why are the international announcers always the best? Yeah, so um, that's the Spanish broadcast for the second longest NFL kick in NFL history, the game winner. We were not that excited as the Spanish guy. No, the Spanish depressed. broadcast. We were in great depression. Kind of wanted more. to throw ourselves off of the side of the stadium, but we talked ourselves out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dan mentioned it, a lot of boneheaded plays in this game. The OBJ, we talked about it on the quick hit earlier. Like, what were you doing? Why put yourself in that position? Some of the calls they were fortunate enough to get at home. Um, you expect that in the NFL, but to me this was more extreme than what you're used to, some of these calls. And then just some of the forced interceptions from Eli. I mean, it was really a game in which – here we go back to the Giants. We got to let it go. Uh, the Panthers, give them credit. I guess they they found a way. They had to make that drive at the end. The golden foot of Gano, sixty three yards. Um, this team's finding ways to win right now. They're three and one. 
And dude, Cam Newton makes that team. Greg Olson coming back too. Is coming back this week. But dude, Cam Newton makes that team look so good. And I say this every week. And you used to not be a Cam Newton fan. No, I was not. But when, but I, he's I, he's gotten better. I look down that list, dude. And if it, it, Cam Newton, if Cam Newton gets hurt, this team is trash. Oh, and you granted, know it. That's a lot of teams that if their number one quarterback, their franchise quarterback gets hurt. But literally, this team would look like an inept offense. You know what? It's funny now that you're we're talking about Cam Newton and how important he is to this team. How long is he? Seems like he's been in the league a while now, and I. I don't remember him getting a contract. Did like, he come in the same year? It, no, he did get a contract. When? Like three years ago, I think. Well, he must, they ago. must have got him cheap, man, compared to other quarterbacks. Did, did he come in same same draft class as RG3 or no? Oh, no, he was before then. Yeah, he was. Who did he come in with? I will look it up. Um, but yeah, he was the number one. Yeah, I think two years one. ago he sounded like an eight-year contract or something like that. Yeah, he's um, 2011. 2011. Yeah. So he's, been, he's only been in the league seven years. Yeah. Which and, is crazy. Um, it feels a lot longer than that. Five-year, $103 million contract. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, you like you said, Cam Newton is the engine that makes this team go. Without him, they're not – I mean, they're going to struggle. And the defense, although they gave up a lot this past week – Pretty solid. Thomas Davis also comes back. Yes, so big, two big, big key, two big additions. So they get, they travel to Washington. Who man, if there was a team that disappointed me the most last week, they've got to be up there in that list because they just look like they got smacked in the face. They got smacked right in their face. They got a black eye. They had to uh, file her. You know, like. Charges against the Saints yeah, for battery and assault. It was bad, Josh man. Norman got benched because he was getting burnt so much. I don't know if you re- re- realized I didn't realize that. that. He, and he was getting burnt by Traquan Smith, right? Yeah, he was getting burnt. And, you know, I don't know if you heard about their Twitter war going back and forth between Michael Thomas and, and Josh Norman. Josh Norman don't know when to shut up. Nah, and I'll tell you one thing. Panthers are a very smart team that signed that man to that big contract. Yeah. Because once he left Carolina. He hasn't been the same. No. He hasn't. So Panthers, yeah, a lot, a lot of people question that move, but hey, Panthers, you know, big ups to you. You made a good call on that one. But what I see, Washington, I see a team that is conservative. I see a team that likes to dink and dunk the ball. Um, one of the few bright spots I saw, which was very little, was Adrian Peterson. Still looks like a beast to me. He did get nicked up in this game, which seems like it's going to be a theme with him yeah. at his age. But when he's on the field and healthy, he he doesn't look like he's lost much. No. But this was one of those games where I think it started bad and Alex Smith just couldn't get out of his own way. He wasn't aggressive. He was, like I said, dumping the ball off short, not being aggressive. Um, These are the games... These are the games right here where Redskins fans got to be like, man, I miss Kirk Cousins. Right. They signed Alex Smith, like we talked about earlier in this this year, to comparable money. And um, he's not the same talent as, you know. But, but dude, too, though, you got to look at, you know, Alex Smith. You got to look at that, but you got to look at the receiving core. I don't like the receiving core of this. I hate the receiving core. Paul Richardson. Jamison Crowder is the best probably they have. Jordan Reed's probably the best, but can only get him the ball once. Yeah, I was surprised. He he didn't he was on a pitch count this week or something. He wasn't on the field a lot because um 
when I was watching, I would look for him, and he would only come in on like third downs and stuff. It was kind of odd. I know he's injury prone. Maybe that's why. But and we talked about this being like the measuring, like a measuring stick game. Yep. See how the st- skins are and. They're not an NFC contender. They're not a contender. Nope. They're not many teams in the NFC East contenders right now. They're a 500 team, and yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the NFC East real quick, um, I know I could. This may sound like I'm just recency biased, but Philly's about to run away with it. Yeah. I mean, if if this last week's any indication, it's a week to week league. Let's not jump the gun. I think Washington is the second. Probably the second best team in this division. They've shown that they can, you know, they can compete in games. But I don't know. Well, man. I kind of like really. the Cowboys a little bit better than the Skins, honestly. No, I hate to say it. Nah, I defensively and, and 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 weapon wise. I don't know. I just Zeke? I know we Zeke's better than any weapon that is on the Redskins. Yeah, but I I just don't like Dak, man. I know we talk we talk about him a lot. I know, but dude, that defense. Keeps him in a lot of games. Time well, will tell. Time will tell. Well, with that said, the um, Panthers got to travel five hours to Washington. <laughs> uh, give me the Panthers, man. What about you? Give me the Panthers all day. All day. Not Adrian Peterson all day. No. But the Panthers all day. Keep pounding. The Buffalo Bills travel to Houston to battle the Texans. So... Bills had a game at home against the Tennessee Titans this week. <clears throat> Don't want to brag, but I picked the Bills. Humble brag over uh, here. And they pulled through. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Bills got to be happy with the performance um, and to get their second win. Um, got to also be happy. Uh, Josh Allen really re- you know, really showing that he can run the ball, that maybe he could say, be an elite runner. I was going to say, I hope you were going to go running. Yes, that maybe he could be an elite runner. He did not have to do much in this game. No. But, um, you know, Josh Allen, he had, I mean, he had four catches, 19 yards, but he had a touchdown. And what I like about Josh Allen is that he's all about sacrificing it, man. He's diving head first into the end zone. He's, you know, he's really giving it his all. And like we talked about, he's really giving this team a spark um, that – Obviously, Nate and Peterman wouldn't be able to give him. Um, they got LaShawn McCoy going a little bit. Um, he had 85 yards. He did have a lot of attempts with 24 attempts. But altogether, the ground game was able his, to muster 144 yards. His um, best game of the year. I mean, I know yeah, he, hasn't, he hasn't been able to get on the field a lot. Um, but he was able to sustain drives, move the chains. Yeah, McCoy definitely helped. However, though, how about this? 10 of 19... 82 yards in the air. Disgusting. Well, look at their receiving core. I, I mean, mean, it's rough. I know. I know. LaShawn McCoy led the team with 23 yards receiving. You know what I noticed about this game, too, though? Buffalo was aggressive on fourth. They, they went forward on fourth down a lot, which um, I wouldn't expect that from a coach like McDermott, who's defensive-minded, you know. But it's nice to see that he – he was giving his offense a chance to, you know, go out there and get first downs, win the drive, win the game by continuing to sustain drives. And um, I believe on one of those fourth down conversions, if I remember correctly, they got a field goal off of it, which you know, that helps you win games. Can we talk about the terrible fake field goal attempt? I'm not sure. Did I you saw see that? that? 
I'm not sure I saw that. No. Was it that bad? Was it a fake? No, I'm sorry. It was a fake punt. I mean, it was absolutely garbage. No, it was a fake. No, I'm sorry. It was a fake field goal. (laughs) It was absolutely garbage. They looked confused from the beginning. The guy hiked the ball and then. The field goal kicker <laughs> trying to like put it down and kick it, and they realized he didn't have enough time to uh, do that. And then was. trying to, th- dude, it looked so bad. It was poorly executed, but I got a real big laugh out of that. But um, outside of that, you know, in, you know, in this game offense was non-existent really for both teams. Mariota went back to Mariota ways, right? You yeah, know, 126 yards for himself. We'll get to them, but I had a note that said that Tennessee may have. You could argue that they they played even better in this game, but some of the costly turnovers, um, you know, kind of limited their their chances at winning. But yeah, they had three turnovers altogether. So Buffalo, give them credit. They Josh Allen did drive down the field to get the game winning field goal. Um, so that's not easy for anybody in this league, especially not a rookie. Mm-mm. You know, it's not easy for a rookie. So, but you know, now now the Bills travel to Houston, where they play the Texans, who are coming off of a, a big overtime win um, against their rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, who once again let me down when I pick the Cowboys, <laughs> they lose all the time. Good. Um, but yeah, so um, <laughs> so uh, the Texans were able to. Uh, protect that house and take the W in overtime. Uh, a couple of questionable things on the Dallas side of things. You know, when you talk about the game, we'll talk about yeah. that here in a little bit. Um, but um, Kiki Kootley. Kiki Kuti. Kuti, sorry. Kuti, um, you know, opens up the game with a, you know, uh, with, with a touchdown. Uh, so he's made an impact here over the last couple of games for the Houston Texans. Um, Texans uh, defense, solid. Uh, but the pass rush between J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney showed, um, you know, pretty well. They caused a lot of havoc there for for Dak Prescott and got through a difficult offensive line usually to kind of break through and put that kind of pressure on them. Held Zeke to 54 yards on 20 carries. Yeah, he That's wasn't pretty eating. Good. He, he he wasn't eating this week. <laughs> um, he was. Uh, yeah, he was on a diet. Yeah, he was he was fasting. <laughs> And as we all know, you know, the stat is, you know, when, when, when Zeke doesn't get going, there's a good chance that the Dallas saying. Cowboys don't put out that W. But one thing about this game is Deshaun Watson has got to stop taking on NFL linebackers like God. he's going to run them over. You're going to get killed, bro. Three times in that first half, he's trying to get first downs and or touchdowns. I noticed that it happened a lot in the red zone. The play would break down. He'd roll out, you know, by time and just start running. And man, he would—he's no match for the linebackers in no. this league. He was getting rocks, and it's funny because now this week he's been limited in practice with a chest injury, and I'm sure he'll play. But the point I'm trying to make is, you do that every week, man. You're not going to be playing. No, he's got to learn how to slide or get out of bounds. How about uh, DeAndre Hopkins's tornado-like moves? <laughs> The Chris spin Collins, cycle. Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels were about to like lose their stuff there in the broadcast. They're like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> never was, seen them something they were like so this. They were so pumped about it. Like Larry Fitzgerald esque. I thought that was a weird comparison. I was trying to think of a time when Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> did that, and I, I couldn't. No and fans out there, if you're listening, if, if 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 you know, please let us know. The one thing comment. I the one thing I remember 
that maybe compares is the Green Bay playoff game where he, Larry Fitzgerald, has a huge um, reception that gets Arizona into scoring opportunity. They win the game, but like he didn't spin cycle two defenders on the way do- on the way there. But anyway, yeah, Chris Collinsworth, man, that woke him up. He was. He was pumped up about that yeah, one. Yeah, he lost it, bro. Hopkins, man, one of the best in the league. I mean, that's easy. Yeah, that, that goes numbers, without saying. 151 yards. You yeah. Know. He had a big 34-yard reception early in this game as well. He, ha- he has a good – he has a knack for being able to, like, create contact with a defender, kind of, like, Shove, shove them out of the way, but not enough to draw a flag. I've, I've noticed that about him. He he kind of embraces contact as a receiver, and he he just gets separation by by embracing contact. And he's one of the best in the NFL doing it. And he put the team on his back in overtime with that recept forty nine yard spin cycle reception. I do gotta say this. Gotta give you credit, Matt. You picked the Houston Texans as an zero and three team who can make the. The playoffs. 0-2. Oh, 0-2 yeah. oh, oh, team. But, I'm yes, sorry. I was a little nervous. They went 0-3. Oh, yeah, but but here they are now. They've won two in a row and put a little bit together. So Yeah, I noticed that. Making I'm you look up. good. My team sucks. So. <laughs> Our team? I f- yeah, I know. <laughs> I was hoping you were right on that one. Yeah. But, yeah, I picked them because AFC a bit weaker. Um, but it's a long season, and we'll see how that goes. But... They ended up, Hopkins was able to get them the win, the first win against Dallas since 2002. Um, one of the few, neg- or a few of the negatives for Houston in this game, a lot of scoring opportunities in the red zone, and I'm talking, they got close, and they settled for many field goals. Yes. I'm, they need to learn how to convert that into touchdowns. And Watson made a nearly critical interception God. with 10 seconds left in the game. Oh, my God. I mean, they were fortunate Dallas couldn't capitalize on that because they were close to midfield. Yes, they were. So, good things from Houston and also nearly catastrophic things. He's Watson taking the hits, throwing the the late interception, just, you know, realize game situation. With that being said, Bill's coming in Houston. Who you got? I'm going to take Houston at home in this one. They got the defense, the crowd. The better playmakers on offense, Dan, don't do it. <laughs> what you got? I got Houston. Who you got? Yeah, no, I'm not gonna take the Bills <laughs> this week. I don't. I, I I don't like the Bills' chances this week. 82 yards. That's not gonna cut it against the Texans. Texans have yeah too good of too good of an offense where the you know they played the Titans last week. You know Tennessee doesn't have that dynamic of an offense. So I'm gonna go with the Texans at home. The Los Angeles Rams visit Mile High Stadium <laughs> to play the Denver Broncos. <laughs> um, undefeated Rams just continue to impress, Dan. Um, Todd Gurley, bro. Todd Gurley, he eats all day. Breakfast, all lunch, and dinner. He does everything. Snacks in between. He could probably quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he, and he... He put the team on his back this week because um, not that Jared Goff struggled or anything, but Gurley kind of shouldered the load late in the game, especially when they lost Cooks to a concussion. And yes. Cup even came out late with the concussion that yes. I didn't even um, see the play on that. But 
so many ways. As far as, uh, I didn't see it on the um, the game itself, but um, I had seen something on the on the side when I was doing research that saying Cooper Cup had a concussion. When he clicked, you could see the uh, the video. He got he got a clock ring pretty hard. Yeah, um, but late in the game when they lost their receivers, Robert Woods, man, he he picked up and he's. It's like this. These three receivers, man. They're they're all so good. Yes. You know, like even if the other ones went down, it it, it didn't Weapons matter. Weapons everywhere. And even Reynolds came in, and he only had what did he have? Two receptions, but he was able to come in and kind of spell Cup and Cooks and be somewhat of a factor, at least you know. Do the Rams not have a backup run like a second string running back? They're just like Gurley's gonna run every play. <laughs> no, they do. Um, I feel like I religiously just see Gurley's name there. And I'm Malcolm Brown. Mal- I, I mean, he's but, a rookie, and he doesn't play very much. But it's like, dude, like, they don't need anybody. Is Gurley ever going to get like too much? I guess not. He he, he doesn't want to be taken out. He wants to he wants to be a every down back, and he's he's able to do it. But um, very impressive game overall. It was like we mentioned earlier with. Seattle, one of my favorite games of the week, back and forth, division game, and what I liked most about it was the fourth down call to seal it. Yes. You know, uh, Sean McVay says, I have faith in my team getting one yard to end this game with, what, a minute 45 left. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give it back to Russell Wilson at home mm-hmm. because McVay understands that in the NFL, if you give that ball to Russell Wilson down two, the probability of him finding a way to get in the field goal range is very likely. Correct. Right? So don't give him the chance. And Jared Goff was some sort of pump when he came out of that pile, didn't he? And he's not usually like that. No, he, he was so. just amped. He got, you saw him, he got up, he just screamed, like, yeah, get the first down sign. Mm-hmm. Telling you, man, this something about, you know, you talk about general, you know, generational quarterback, Jared Goff could be one of them. You know, and then you're talking about with the combination of the young coach. We talk about this every week, man. I love what the Rams have put together. And it couldn't come at a better time when they moved to the the big market L.A. too for them. So, really happy for them. Uh, it's crazy to believe that not before McVay w- was there, they had Jeff Fisher who couldn't do absolutely nothing. You well, know, I believe Jeff Mike. Fisher has a holiday. Yeah, because they gave him that big contract and they let him go. No, it's... um. What is it? His 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 holiday is July ninth because his teams were always seven to nine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. July ninth. That's Jeff Fisher Day. Yeah, Jeff Fisher highly to me highly overrated. Coach. Oh yeah, he definitely was. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious because when he was in L.A., um, this team struggled. Gurley had the worst year of his NFL career, mm-hmm. and you bring in a fresh mind like McVay last year, and they have. I think it was an NFL record improvement as far yeah. as points per game, and this year it's no no different. Yeah, this year this you, you this offense you can't you know you just gotta bear down and deal with it. The, the Rams lead the NFL in total offense, four hundred and sixty eight yards per game. They're second in scoring, and the Rams have become the fifth team to score thirty plus points in each of their first five games to start a season in NFL history. Three of those previous four teams accomplished the feat and advanced. Super Bowl. Patriots, Broncos, yeah, I heard that one. And um, kind of like last week against Minnesota, 
it was tough for the defense to stop um, Kirk Cousins last week. It was tough for the defense to stop Russell Wilson this week. But late in the game, they made the plays that needed to be made. So, I mean, Nadamik and Sue um, finally got pressure on Wilson with a sack late in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to get the ball at a critical moment. And they took that next possession and scored a field goal. So, this team makes plays when they need to, and they're putting up 30-plus every week. So, um, how do you see this? Do you see this continuing in Denver, who just got gashed? Man, yeah, I'm up. It's got a this mile high stadium. Golf's gonna throw a ball, and it's gonna go like from <laughs> one end zone to another. And you know, because he's got that kind of arm and, and way I feel. But um, yeah, the Broncos. Uh, you know, we. We we talk about it. I'm not I'm not sold on the Broncos. I'm not sold on Case Keenum. His first touchdown pass since week one was this week. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah, to Sutton. Yeah, he hasn't thrown one since week one. Yeah, um, that's not a good trend. No, it's definitely not a good trend. Um, they they since they were down quick, they had to abandon the run, which I think is their strong point. When it you know when 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 he talked about this team and and what gets him going, Philip Lindsay and Roy Freeman, I think is their strong point. Freeman. Yeah, I'm a little surprised um, that Freeman only got five carries, man. I just I know Philip Lindsay's been really good, but I don't know. Royce Freeman's more of the bruising back, and I think that it would benefit them more to get him in there and wear down defenses. Um, but maybe it was game script. They fell behind. I think Lindsay may be the better receiving back. But Case Keenum threw the ball 51 times. They only ran the ball 17. That's a 3-to-1 ratio. That's a problem. That is a problem, especially when the guy throwing 51 times is Case Keenum. Yeah. It's not Andrew Luck. It's not Roethlisberger. It's not someone who you're comfortable with throwing that much. He's more of a 25-30 to 30 type yeah. of attempt. Yeah, I would, I would be interested to see what his record is in games where he throws over. 40 times. It's probably not good. And you, you know, probably Ke- don't have many. Yeah, that's true. And uh you know, Case Keenum, he he's he's been getting hit and hit hard here recently. Um he's been sacked 11 times over the last two games as well. So, you know. Is uh Vance Joseph on the hot seat soon? What do you think? He had a terrible year last year. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that he came back after that. So, yeah, I would say Vance Joseph is a little bit on the hot seat. Um, I think I think this whole front, this whole coaching staff needs a remake because um, even the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, they've been with Denver the last few years. It's just I think they need to shake it up a little bit. Yeah, I think, and, and you know what, John Elway is someone who doesn't put out a mediocrity for mm-hmm. long. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if if the season continues to go this way for Denver, that 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 a change is made. Um, I think they are disappointed in what they got out of Case Keenum, but Case Keenum made a a a big contract off of one year last year. He he got money. That's it. Um, so if the Broncos gave up gave up over three hundred rushing yards last week, what do they give up to Gurley? Five hundred. They got Gurley going handing out the Gurley every. They couldn't play. stop Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> they probably don't have a chance to stop a Gurley. But it is a mile high, so Denver usually does play well. You know, at home, so it's different. But who do you got? You know, the Rams going to Mile High in Denver. I don't care where this game is, Dan. Like you say, some weeks um, give me the Rams, and it's it's pretty easy for me. I agree. The Rams they're gonna they're gonna fly away. 
with it. Victorious. Denver. There you have it. The Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Jerry Land, Jerry Jones Land, to battle the boys, the Dallas Cowboys. So Jacksonville, <laughs> you know, with coming into the ma- matchup last week, it was a highly anticipated matchup, two high-powered teams, and they got mauled. The Jaguars got mauled. Yeah. Blake Bortles looked like trash. Inconsistent mm. trash that Blake Bortles can be sometimes. And they really kind of wet the bed there in that you know in, you know, in that game, you know. We talk about court, quarterbacks who unfortunately have to throw so many times that you don't want them throwing that many times. Well Blake Bortles fell into that too as well this week. Threw the ball sixty one times. Yeah, and I think some of the turnovers were flukier than others. Um, but once the the game got out of hand, it's it's too much for someone like Bortles to to come back. Like the pick six early from uh, Chris Jones was mm-hmm. just like I think a lot of QBs would have made that mistake because that man just kind of he came out of nowhere, nowhere from that defensive nowhere. line. Um, you know, as a quarterback, you're not really paying attention to the defensive line so much when you're throwing the ball, and he just kind of very instinctively give the give Chris Jones a lot of credit because that was a great play. Um, picks that ball literally three or four feet from Bortles, takes it to the house, and then of course Bortles has um, a fumble early in the game that Kansas City. Scores off, scores off of, and then his his day gets even worse before the half. He has a lot. He has a pass tipped at the line of scrimmage, and scoring opportunity with like seconds left, and and it just it wasn't the meant he to the be. Ball and hit the player in the head. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> that's the one you talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I say tipped, but now that you've mentioned it, yeah, that's the one where that was an inaccurate throw. Like I don't yeah. even know how it hits that guy in the Rumble's head. Almost like Bortles ain't gonna like this one when he <laughs> sees it. And he like hit the dude right in the head. And then what? Up, what upset me is a person that picked Jacksonville to win this game. Right, I figured that maybe they would go in there and kind of bring Patrick Mahomes down to earth with that defense, which no one can seem to do right now. Um, First possession of the second half, they do absolutely nothing with it. Like, no. come on, you got to come out there and you got to put points on the board. Um, they, dude, they they didn't get their first points till almost in the fourth quarter. Dude, this team's a different team with no running game. This well, Yeldon is not the bruiser that Fournette is, but I well, mean, you're right. TJ, they don't. Let's think about what T, what we thought of T.J. Yeldon before. Well, you're right. They we were never high on T.J. Yeldon. No, they. T.J. Yeldon, 10 carries in this game, kind of like what we talked about with Gio. They're not going to give him a, a Leonard Fournette type of a workload. And like you said, without the running game and that defense kind of just pair each other so well. Mm-hmm. Without one, it's just not the same team. And I have kind of, I have concerns about Fournette. If Bortles, if this run game doesn't start going and Bortles got to keep throwing the ball like that, Jacksonville will not be a successful team this year. Like we all thought. Yeah. I mean, that's just my belief. I mean, I know the defense is, is whatever, it's, but. Well, it's you have games like at home against New England where Blake Bortles had to air it out and they did great. So, I don't know if it's inconsistency with Bortles. This game was kind of, I mean, not all of them were flukes, um, but I don't know. I mean, I do agree with you that 
for the most part, this can't be the Blake Bortles show. Um, I think they can get by if they have to with that type of a game plan just because they got a solid team in general and the, and the AFC isn't the strongest. Mm-hmm. Their division isn't the strongest, but Blake Bortles, man. He had I don't know what rushing to... touchdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he dove out for that one, he didn't sure he? He sure did. Yeah, he did. He had a good rushing touchdown. Um, but... but, yeah, it was just they got smacked in their face in this one. They still feel they still got a red handprint on it. Yep. <laughs> well, they go to Jerry's World to play mm-hmm. to face the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and we talked about the the boys a little bit when that in that Texans matchup. Um, you know, Zeke was held. Dak had to throw a little bit, and we said that that's a recipe of disaster for the Cowboys. When Zeke don't get going, then the Cowboys don't get going, and a good chance that they lose. Let's see. Um, in this game. He threw 29 times. Mm-hmm. That's over 25. And But to me, the big play here, and it was questionable call, they def, the Cowboys have a fourth and one, yeah. and they punt the ball away. To me, that tells your team that I don't care about winning this game. And is Jason, I mean, is Jerry Jones a, an idiot? He goes on the radio today and says, Jason Garrett will get us to where we need to go. Is he stupid? Like, why does he have this infatuation and man crush on Jason Garrett? He must like redheads. I talk to a lot of Cowboys <laughs> fans. I have some in my family. I talk. I have a lot of friends who are Cowboys fans, and they don't understand how this guy is still the head coach of this team. You know, I look back to the Frank Wright call weeks ago, fourth and one, fourth and four on his own forty with thirty seconds left. That man goes for it because he wants to win. Yes. And you're telling me with four minutes left in overtime. Fourth and one with Ezekiel Elliott on Houston's 42-yard line. Even Dak can get Even one yard. Even Dak. One yard, you're, you're over midfield. You're almost in field goal range. And you're telling me that you're going to punt the ball away to someone like Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and give them another chance. That, to me, tells me that you're comfortable where you are. You don't want to win. Like you said, Jerry Jones and um, Jason Garrett must have this um, man crush with each other. Where he, I mean, I don't know. He, he he must not feel like he's on the hot seat with play calls like that, man. I just that that was terrible. And yeah. then Dak, you know, he needs to be. I mean, I I I don't understand between. I don't know who more needs to be on the hot seat. Whether it's Jason Gary and actually coming to the season, I thought Marvin Lewis did too, but he's four and one right now. I feel like his tenure has been way too long for for no success. Yeah. Um, but Jason Garrett needs to be held accountable, man. And and I'm sorry, on the sidelines, he just looks like someone who doesn't has care. no balls, doesn't doesn't get in get in front of the team when something's going on. Like he doesn't. Uh, to me, it seems like he just gets walked on by the players. Their receiving core a mess. I mean. Uh, every single one of their receivers had like one catch. You know what I mean? The yeah. biggest playmaker for as far as receiving was Tavon Austin, and that pl- that play was fluky. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. Where uh, Dak is able to scramble out left, and he just freaking throws across his body, and mm-hmm. he throws up a prayer, and Austin just happens to fortunately catch it. Um, so, like I, I've been saying it all year, man. Not I'm just not sold on this team. I think that they're fortunate to have the the two wins that they do. Um, 
I will give their defense credit. You know, I know you like their defense and they have played well, but offensively, with if if Zeke's not going, good luck. Dude, whatever happened to Cole Beasley? He's like dead. He's there, but he's not performing like he. Well, I think a lot of it's Dak too. I mean, yeah, but he had Dak last year and the year before that, and 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 he was a pretty good role player for them. But what's sad is that. You're bringing up Cole Beasley is like a factor that's missing. Like that, that says everything you need to know so about this Dallas offense. Cutting Dez was that a terrible idea? I think so. Now that you, you know, now that we're you know five games in, cutting Dez was a bad idea. I I think it's apparent. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm speaking of Dez. I'm surprised he's not on the team anywhere. I, I don't think he was washed up or anything. I don't no, know. I don't think so. There was a report that says that he he the one that he wants to go back to the Cowboys. Well, I don't think Jerry Jones wants him back. So drama and Jerry world yeah, like no. always. Well, with that said, they don't have an easy matchup. Jacksonville's coming into the house off an L. Dallas off an L as well. Who do you got? I'm taking Jacksonville in this one, Dan. Um, Even though, as much as I hate the Cowboys, I can see this game being close with Mr. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde and um, Blake Bortles, but I'll, I'll take Jacksonville. You, are you going to do it again? <laughs> no, I think this week I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Watch the Cowboys win. I know, but I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I was close to taking Dallas, but yeah, offensive identity outside of Ezekiel Elliott, they don't have any. They don't. So... I got to go with Jacksonville. We will see. The Baltimore Ravens face the Tennessee Titans. So Baltimore coming off of a division loss. You know, I've been talking about Baltimore and how I'm kind of like, you know, impressed with them being a good team in the AFC, being a contender. They're only two in the division right now, which is not good. Are they? No. Yeah. They you lost the Steelers. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at a. I'm sorry. I'm looking at a different, different record. Okay, you're right. They're one and one, one, and one in the division. Yeah. Okay. Still though, three and two. Um, hold up a second. They are one and two in the division. That's what it is. They one beat Pittsburgh. Okay. They beat Pittsburgh. Lost to the Browns and, and lost, lost to Cincinnati, um, Cincinnati. on yes. the Thursday night game. Okay, so a team that I'm impressed with that I think can go far right now has some work to do in that division is, I guess, the point I'm trying to make. They, they struggled last week in Cleveland. That when, when this division plays each other, it's always like that. I don't mm-hmm. care which teams are involved. It's always a field goal game, it seems like. It's, it's close. Um, Emotional, and, hard-hitting. Yeah, and this one went to overtime, and... Baltimore had their chances. Um, Michael Crabtree dropped touchdown pass that would have yep. won the game, could have ended it. Instead, they have to settle for the field goal, and we know what else happens. Baker Mayfield leads a game-winning drive with seconds left. Um, even in overtime, Baltimore had their chances. Uh, Cleveland failed with their first drive, but... Baltimore couldn't take advantage. Um, they had to punt it back, and they 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 just couldn't take this one on the road. 
Yeah. Um, Let's not forget about the Brown, the the Browns, the Browns, <laughs> the LeBrons. He, he's everywhere, man. The Browns, L.A., Cleveland blocked the Tucker field goal. Yeah. So that took three off the board. I'm no longer a fan of Tucker. And uh, Javoris <laughs> Allen fumbles. Yeah. Buck Allen fumbles during a, a, a key point of the drive. So Falcons definitely left points out on the field. And the crazy thing about both of these teams that we're going to talk about, that we're talking about now, both came off of two losses who. You could say their opponents this week were inferior to them. That you know, they thought that they should came with a W. So both teams are disappointed coming into this week week matchup. Yeah. You know this week's matchup. So it'll be interesting to see which team rebounds and and how they rebound. Um, but yeah, I think it was one of those games that maybe you just kind of chalk it up for the Ravens, and you kind of you know one you know another one of those games where you're like, hey, you know, we could have done this, this, and this better, but. You know, next week's another week. Hey, we've been, we've done pretty darn well the rest of the weeks. Let's focus on those things that we did well, and let's try to get this W now against Tennessee. So, yeah, I was disappointed in the Ravens. I was, but like you and everyone else, I was cheering for Cleveland. But I was disappointed in the the effort the Ravens put out. Yeah, and like the Ravens, Tennessee's coming off of a kind of a disgusting loss. Um, one one in which they probably should have won, although. It was very ugly. They were, they they had the lead late in the game, but some of the turnovers they committed gave Buffalo short fields. Uh, like we talked about, Buffalo didn't blow us away offensively. They just benefited from some of the short fields. Um, Taylor fumbled in like the first thirty seconds of the game. Yeah, so that's that not, was a sign of things to come. Not a good way to start. Um, and something that, like we've, we've been talking about, man, Derrick Henry just doesn't look good. Deion Lewis clearly is Dude, better Deion to Lewis, me. He's better? Yeah. I, I felt like Deion Lewis has looked like, tra- like he's having trouble holding the ball. He's having trouble with a lot of things. Well, I just think he's more talented than Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry's just he a big didn't, body. He did have a lost fumble. Um but hell, so did so did Marcus Mariota and I think that's his third loss fumble this year though. Deion Lewis? Lewis, I did not know that. If that's the case, then that's got to clean T-E-R-S. that up. Man. <laughs> he needs yeah, to start holding yeah, that ball. Yeah, because I had wrote it down. Because I, I, I think when I was going over the game and I was listening, um, I think the announcer had said that that that's his third that's his third fumble of the year. Cut him, ship him out. Gone. But yeah, I mean, really, you know, when it comes to these two teams, you know, offensively was anemic. You know, obviously, you know, the Ravens had the better offensive game than, than the Titans had. And, you know, like we talked about Mariota up and down. One game he throws for 300 yards, the next game he barely throws for 100. Um, so, so yeah, I think this is a interesting matchup. Both teams, you know, need to bounce back with a win. The Ravens need to get back on the win column. The Titans... Do two, even though they are what they're tied right now with the Jaguars. They're both three and two. Um, yes, they are both three and two. And I was going to mention for Tennessee. I'm not sure if you saw the the Nick Williams touchdown drop late in that game, but that that was one in which instead of getting a field goal and going up twelve to ten, a perfectly placed ball. For Nick Williams could have put them up sixteen to ten or seventeen to ten had they got the two point conversion. So, you know they 
I think they played better in this game, but sometimes it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you don't capitalize on opportunities like a touchdown for this in this situation late in the fourth quarter. Uh, cost them the game. Yeah. Um, Buffalo, all they needed was a field goal. So, tough loss. Two teams coming together this week. Kind of, <coughs> I think they both hang in their hat defensively is what they're – is what their team is most probably known for or successful. And um, it's a tough one for me. Um, but Tennessee at home, I'm picking a lot of road teams this week, I've realized. But I think I'll take Baltimore on the road um, in this game. I just like the team better. I'll How about to, you? I'll have to agree. I'm going to take the Ravens. I think the Ravens got a lot more to offer than the Titans do. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Ravens. All right. In the big Sunday night matchup of the week, the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs go to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. Blessed to be a part of this one. Good game. I'm really looking forward to this. Really, really First solid game of Sunday Night Football, so I would like to see how this game ends up. But before we talk about how we think this game is going to end up, let's talk about the visiting Kansas City Chiefs, one of two of only teams that are still undefeated. They're 5-0. and uh, We just actually recently talked about the Jaguars while we are covering their upcoming matchup against the Cowboys. But Jaguars, I mean, um, the, the, the Chiefs were at home against the Jaguars, and Chiefs put up 30 points. They were able to take the ball away five times, which was huge. Um, Pat Mahomes this week did not throw for a touchdown. He did have another rushing touchdown. And he threw his first two interceptions of his NFL career this week. Yeah, one of them were, I think, was um, kind of fluky. It was a good decision. He just kind of threw it a little high. Um, but, yeah, I mean... NFL quarterbacks, you're going to get them at some point, your your first interceptions. Yeah. Um, uh, Pat Mahomes continues to train, though, of his, like I said, right now he's my MVP go-getter. Um, and the scary thing about it is that he didn't even throw for a touchdown, but this offense is just so so dynamic. Kareem Hunt, yeah. you know, the, the, way, the way he's able to throw the ball, you know, the cheetah. Did you see the move that um, Travis Kelsey put on that linebacker? Oh, my God. He just left him, like, standing still. He looked stupid. I mean, when your tight end can elude um, tacklers like that, that's that's scary. I mean, you got Tyreek Hill on the outside. Even You talk about Hunt, who played well. We talk about it just like the Rams. It's just a tough team to – it's just a tough team to stop. It is. And um, then uh, – I meant to mention earlier, even Jack, one of Jacksonville's defenders, um, the safety, Deshaun Gibson, post-game, said that, like, he's – the play calling Andy Reid was putting out there was stuff that he, he's not – he hadn't seen that much. He, he was kind of giving him credit, saying that, like, it was just hard to stop. He, they, he didn't know – they didn't know what to defend. You know what I like about Pat Mahomes, man? What? The way he talks like Kermit the Frog. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Um, you heard that? Have you heard him yeah. talk? And, and and not the fact that his dad was an ex-pitcher of my New York Mets either. But You know, um, he was, not to interrupt, I'm sorry, but no um, I, I saw on ESPN, man, he was like a highly regarded pitcher. 
Like baseball. You can tell by the way he throws the football. Yeah. But what, what, what do you like about him? But he's not a high draft pick. Well, he was like 11th, I think. He was Overall? a first-round pick. Yeah. Was he in the first yeah. round? Yeah, they traded up for him. Andy Reid specifically That's what wanted it was. him. I apologize. That's what it was. Is yeah. that not a lot of people were targeting Patrick but Mahomes? That's what it was. And when they had taken him off the board, it was I kind of what, everyone's like, "What? Like yeah. Pat Mahomes?" And yeah. and I, I'll tell you what. With that, you know, we used to talk about used to about Jerry Reese and his magicianary like you Moves. know drafting, finding great talent, you know, in the draft and and seeing talent other people didn't see, but. Man, Andy Reid, big ups to you, man. Kareem Hunt, right? Third round yeah. pick. I mean, he went. He was a he was a later draft pick. Tyree, Tyree Kill. Kill. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, Mahomes. They they picked him, and people were kind of surprised by it. And then he didn't even play his first year. Andy Reid basically told the front office, "I'm drafting this guy. He's not playing this year. He's our future." And yeah. looking looking great so far. Yeah, looking like a a stud pick. But I was just really impressed with. Um, Mahomes' pocket presence, his poise and decision-making. I mean, against a tough defense, he looks comfortable, even though he, he did throw – he threw two interceptions, one of which was a bad decision. He got pressured and just got rid of it. But yeah. for the most part, man, he he's real comfortable in that pocket for really his first NFL action this season. Um, he, he, he feels pressure very well and just very impressed with how – Quickly, he's adapted to this league. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you, you can't say too much about Patrick Mahomes and, and, and the job he's done, but it, it gets hard. And before we move on, their defense finally showed up. Like, yeah, that's, finally. that's the one thing I've been hating on, or hate not hating on, but just saying like if there's a weakness of this team, their defense hadn't really shown up, and it, it finally did this week, and they're going to need that. This coming up week against a Patriots team that has finally gotten their things together. Yeah, so you know we got they're they're, they're strolling into New England. Um, so a couple of a big back to back matchups for the, the for the upstart Chiefs um, as right. they roll into Foxborough. We you know we kind of talked about you know the Patriots. That's um, a good point you make, man, because they're this game and last game is the AFC um, championship. Contenders, yeah. right? That's the AFC Championship. Um, the two teams that were in it, so good measuring stick. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, Brady was doing Brady things, um, dude. James White, man, what? A, I mean, did you see? I mean, every time he 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 gets a a pass, he he makes a couple of moves, and I'm like, damn, where where are they coming from all of a sudden? Yeah, you got to give credit to White for having good field awareness. Like when he catches the ball, it's like he knows already what's in front of him before he turns around. And then second, Brady gets the ball to him in a, in a way that allows him to move in stride. Like the touchdown grab was in stride. A lot of the catches he have is in a, it's put right in the position to where he can continue doing what he's doing. And yeah. then um, he was the leading receiver this week with 10 receptions. I think it's funny too because you have brought up Chris Hogan. I guess he's non-existent. I think it was like the one pass he got thrown to him went off his hands yeah. for an interception. So both of Brady's interceptions were tip. off a tip. One yeah. was Gronk um, mm-hmm. in the red zone. Um, Josh Gordon gets his first touchdown as a New England Patriot. Nice play. And what Brady uh, Brady has now thrown for, to the most 
different receivers out um, of any quarterback. I'm sure. He's, uh, it's like 77 different receivers have caught a touchdown pass now from Tom Brady. And he also reached um, 500 touchdown passes in this in this win, a, a big milestone for him. Yes. So, um, I'm, I'm – I'm telling you, man, I'm really looking forward to this match. You know, the last time these teams matched up, remember, was opening, Yeah. what, two years ago? It was, um, no, it was last year. Was it, it last was, year It opening? was the Kareem Hunt show. It was his first game. That's when he blew up. And he, yeah, he scored three touchdowns. I remember this because he was on my fantasy team, and I was loving every minute of it. Um, and then also, they... they they came in and they beat New England down last year, week one. New England, the defending champs at that time, yeah. kind of surprised people. And then years ago, I don't know if you remember, Kansas City beat down New England bad, like 42-14, to 14, and people were calling for the end of Brady and stuff. So they've had success coming into New England. Yeah. So, I mean, with that said, with the success of the Chiefs, the 5-0 and Chiefs, who do you, who do you got? They're going down this week, Dan. I said it last week; it didn't happen, but this week it will. I think that the Patriots, coming off of a long week, with the bitter taste in their mouth of getting beat down by Kansas City um, in New England the last few years, and I mean, don't get me wrong. If if <laughs> if the Kansas City Chiefs win this game, I'm not going to be surprised at all. But they have got to lose at some point, and. You know, I think that Bill Belichick, maybe he finds a way over this long break to um, stop Patrick Mahomes enough to um, find a way to win, and I think Brady can put up some points. So, how about yourself? Well, if anyone's going to find a way to stop Patrick Mahomes, it would be the Yoda Bill Belichick. However, though, I made a promise. You did. I will continue to, you know, make Uh, that promise. That I will not pick against Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs until they do me wrong. So I'm going with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the New England Patriots. This is our first disagreement since the first two games. And by the way, I guess we'll mention this later, but um, well, me and Dan got a surprise in our closing. We'll 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 hit you with that later on. So you got the Chiefs and I got the Patriots. All right, Monday Night Football, and what a matchup we have in store. Um, We got the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Green Bay Packers and the Cheeseheads and what is (laughs) promised to be the matchup of the week. I'm trying my best to hype this one up, but um, I don't know. We talk about Monday Night Football giving us trash, and once again, the garbage is piling up with this matchup. Yes. Um, But to give them credit, if Jimmy G doesn't go down, this could be this could have been a better game, right? It could have been a decent matchup. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. And who I'm knows? Agreeing. Maybe it still will be. The NFL is unpredictable, and maybe Beat Hard comes in there and shows us a thing or two, unlike last week. Dude, Beat Hard can move. <laughs> it's can, funny that we keep calling him Beat Hard. That's be, his name from here on out. Beat Hard can move the ball. <laughs> But it's then taking care of the ball once he moves it. I know. And he just doesn't take care of it, whether it's beat hard or whether it's the other players on the team. All of a sudden, they seem to be allergic to the red zone. Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the game against Arizona. They doubled them in just about every statistical category, but um, five turnovers to zero for their opponent is going to lose you a game. Um, 
And re- that was the story of last week. I mean, they came out and they got on the board early with Brita, who I really like, but he can't stay healthy. Got he hurt. left this game with an ankle, and um, not sure if he's going to be able to with play. With an extra ankle? <laughs> with an ankle. Yeah. Left with an ankle? <laughs> yeah, me and Dan always joke about how uh, <laughs> when <laughs> when players are announced that they have injuries, they always just say, yeah, uh, Jordan Reed left with a knee. Oh, he left with a knee? Oh, what happened to the other knee? <laughs> okay, he's got an extra knee. Blown up. Matt Breida left with an ankle. Okay, well, <laughs> he's got another ankle. Where did the other one go? But I don't know, man. I don't know what to think of this team. They moved the ball well. They, you know, Shanahan, we always talk about how he gets creative. Um, even in their first drive, they they got the ball to Juszczyk, who's been involved in the passing no, game right? a lot. Um, they use everybody they can, but... I don't know. Do you think they'll be able to move the ball this week, Dan? I mean, Green Bay's defense has looked a little better lately. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Is, is there? Do they have word if Breed is playing or not? They said that it's not out of the question, but I know where you're going with this, and if, if Breed doesn't play, it's got to really concern you about this team's yeah, offense because uh, yeah. he's, he's been good this year. Yeah, if Breed doesn't play, he's a, he's a, he's a league in, in well, he was, total, right? yeah, he was going into week four, and then he's been banged up a little bit. But he's got that game-breaking talent. He's quick, um, and that he will be missed if if he can't suit up. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the 49ers are one in twelve with starting quarterbacks, other than Jimmy Garoppolo since two thousand seventeen. So that doesn't bear well for them. But I mean. But, yes, C.J. Beathard can move the ball down the field, but like I said, he just can't get in the end zone. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, when uh, George Kittles is your biggest weapon, you know, if Breida doesn't play, I, I, I don't like it at all. I don't, I don't see Sam Fran really getting much going um, in a tough Lambeau field to play in to begin with, too. Yeah. Um, but it does show how good of a coach Shanahan is because here here he has been able to get Beathard to move the ball. Um, and I think he's getting the, the – I think he's the coach who's getting the most out of Beathard than anybody who I could think of. So, yeah, um, you, know, Kyle Shan, you know, Kyle Shanahan knows how to move offenses and stuff, so I got to give him credit on that side of things. But they got a lot to clean up. Um, and it's not – you know, going into Green Bay, you know, Green Bay coming off of a, a big loss – um, against Detroit, of course the story is with this game. What's the story? <laughs> the kicker, man. I can't believe Crosby had that bad of a game. He's usually Money. pretty accurate. Money. Um, and he's lucky and fortunate that he's a veteran who's tried and true because any other kicker is getting you're getting cut, getting kicked out the building on Monday after you're a done. performance like that. Um, and to be honest, I. I think the Green Bay played good in this game, but they just can't leave twelve points on the board. No, they you score all those twelve points, they win the game. Yeah, I mean they 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 started the game with a fluke punt return turnover that Detroit scored on immediately to the Legarrette smoke a blunt, <laughs> um, and then they answer. They they drive down the field, but Crosby misses a field goal, and then you know Rodgers fumbles on his second possession. Um, Detroit continues to build that lead. Crosby misses another field goal. 
Um, even though the Packers are moving the ball, it's just one of those games I kind of like, if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm saying, guys, we did everything we had to do, but we couldn't finish drives. We couldn't kick field goals, some sloppy turnovers. Um, so they they just need to be more disciplined. I think they, they probably could have won that game. Yeah, you know, we were sit- you know, when we were sitting there at Bank of America looking at the scores and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, dang, Lions defense doing work. And in actuality, they weren't. It was just Mason Crosby could have couldn't kick a damn field goal. Yeah. <laughs> so, I you know, at first I was like, oh, man, Lions really holding them here. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I w- went back and did my research for this game and this matchup, I realized, well, it wasn't really the case. Because Aaron Rodgers still threw for almost 450 yards. And he did it with a limited wide receiver core because yep. uh, Geronimo Allison was out, Randall Cobb was out. And mm-hmm. we've already talked about how we're not impressed with this team and they're starting wide receivers as it is. So you take those two out, and he's still putting up these numbers with Marquise Vald Scout. What is this guy's name? Marquise Valdez Scatlin. Yeah, so like he, his, he caught his first career touchdown. Like, I think he had two in this game. If I'm not did he? mistaken, I'll have to look. No, I only see one. Okay, and he threw into Lance Kendricks. Yeah, see you that's there. That's the point I'm trying to make is that um, they. You tell me who Equanimous St. Brown is. A rookie. I mean, but Equanimous? <laughs> <laughs> the names for the Equanimous St. Brown, Marquez Valdez Scantland. I guess they the, the Green Bay front office said pick the receivers with the weirdest names. What about Ty Montgomery? Well. He had like a good year or two in the middle. Yeah, he got moved to running back. and um, he. Yeah, but he's been back in the receiving role now because they've been using yeah. Aaron Williams and Jamal. I mean, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams a little bit more. Yeah, which has been dis- they've been disappointing. I think Aaron Jones is good. I think he just needs more work. I think they need to get Jamal Williams kind of out of the picture because. So you uh, would run with Ty Montgomery as the second running back. I would run with Ty Montgomery. Yeah, as the like the third down back, mm-hmm. and I would roll with Aaron Jones uh, as the workhorse. That's really, I- I'd put Ty Montgomery out in the slot. Like as a receiver, kind of like what you were saying, mm-hmm. and I think I'm looking for Aaron Jones to take over the backfield, but it hasn't happened yet. He was sus- suspended the first two weeks of the year. He came back and he's slowly working his snap count up. So maybe it will, um, maybe it will jump this week. But I think he's the better dynamic running back, and I don't know. Um, the Packers are just a team that has like been back and forth all year, and. I mean, none of their wins have been crazy impressive. I mean, they beat Buffalo. They shut out Buffalo. The comeback. The comeback was great that week was one with the bum knee. Then they straight gave away the game to Minnesota. They had that game. Yeah. And Minnesota scored like 16, 17 points in the fourth. Washington was just a kind of a beat down. They yeah. didn't show up um, last week with Detroit. We, we've talked about it, the missed field goals, the turnovers. They just beat themselves in that game. Um but this week, I think they, they'll probably get back on track at home. They beat themselves, so I mean, beat hard. Will beat, <laughs> will beat hard beat himself. Because <laughs> he likes to beat himself a lot too. That's <laughs> all he's got. Yeah, he's he's known for it. So, um, then, so who beats themselves harder this week? <laughs> um, I think yeah. beat hard beats harder this week. I'm taking Green Bay in this one, man. How about you? Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't I don't have faith in the beat hard. So I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So we're both going with the Packers in this exciting Monday night football <laughs> primetime matchup. 
All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of Roughing the Podcast. We enjoyed it. Um, hope you guys enjoy your Sunday football. Once again, we'll go over our uh, previous week's picks as we do every week. Dan, he beat me down pretty good this week he, for the his first uh, weekly win of the year, but it was by three. Yay. He went ten and five. I went seven and eight, and now he is within one pick of me for the year. So nice week, Dan. Yeah, I picked a couple of teams that were, I guess you could say, sleepers mm-hmm. that I would think, and uh, most of them pulled through for me. So I was, I was really happy about that. That's right. Um, this week we have three disagreements, so we'll see how that works out, and. We've decided to get a little more interesting with it, you know, um, put put these picks to the test. So the loser of the weekly challenge will have to do something. We'll, we'll let you guys know it's going to be slightly embarrassing for the loser. The winner can the winner kind of will decide what that is. And we'll start doing this week in and week out, you know, um, kind of put our money where our mouth is and see how it goes. Um, and I think that's it. We appreciate you guys listening. Right, Dan? Yeah, we, 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 we thank you guys a lot. Um, you know, thanks for bearing with us. Like I said, this is coming out a day, a day late. But <clears throat> we do appreciate you, uh, you know, being patient with us due to un, unforeseen circumstances. But once again, thanks again for tuning in. Look forward to entertaining you guys next week. Also with next week's matchups and going over the games. But thank you for listening to Rough in the Podcast. Thanks for giving us your ear to entertain, and hope you guys have a great night and enjoy your Sunday football. Enjoy it.